is Kiki Rai, and you're listening to For the... listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or even game design. Joining Roger from WoW Dogs, and For the Lore is Joe, writer for World of Maticus, and Enrique of Spooncraft. Welcome to For the Lore. This is Roger coming to you on Wednesday, December 30th. Yes, we are a couple of days late, but it is the holidays and one of us has been quite ill. You'll notice tonight that Joke was not able to make it simply because he's got a bad food poisoning thing going on that we're not even going to talk about, nor the results or the sounds (laughs) that are coming out of him. We're going to stay the hell away from that. Let's just say it's bad and we want no part of that. If I thought it was bad editing him out before, I don't even want to think about what I'd have to edit out of him if he was on tonight and the sound of the toilet flushing all the time, all that crap, pun intended. We're not doing it. So Rick and I are going to just two-man this show. It's not going to be a terribly long show, but it should be a very interesting one. We are doing our of the decade show. We're going to cover a bunch of categories and we're going to uh, just kind of have a little bit of fun. Same as last time, as I said, highly subjective. These are games that we are giving awards to because of how it impacted us. So with that said, though, before we even start, I have to give a huge shout out to Sean Ferguson, And you can check out his work at visualbomb.com. Now, some of you who have been following me podcasting for a while would remember Sean from uh, the first podcast that I did, Buddha's Bar and Grill, as well as Wow Dogs. He was with me for a while at the beginning. Sean's a fantastic guy. And he actually purchased the Amazon Borg Bridge Officer for me. A little Christmas present for me. Everybody check out his site, though. He is a phenomenal artist. He works in graphic design, and it is, as I said, visualbomb.com. I'm just thrilled that I'm getting my my Borg Bridge Officer, and someone told me they might be able to score me the target rifle. However, I have not heard back from that bastard since then, so it's still up in the air whether or not I'm going to be able to score that one. So I'm, I'm pretty how, happy. How is that going to be? Well, that depends on whether or not this person can get it for me on on the fly kind of side side kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And But that remains to be seen yet. You know who you are. DM me, you bastard. Anyways, welcome to everybody in the chat room who is here. We've got Hoogs, of course, who is always here. DP King is here. OMG Sam is here. Sammy wouldn't be a show without Sammy. And my girl, Moonkin, Ginny is in the house as well as a host of other people. We will be taking questions from you as we're going along. However, we may not have time for actual calls simply because we are going to kind of try to cruise through this a little bit faster. It is the holidays. We'd like to be with our families, but we do want to get this show out for you. So that being said, let's just kind of bounce into it and we'll take some some starter stuff, just some light ones. We're going to avoid the, the, the biggest boobs and biggest dudes. <laughs> 
and just something a little bit more mundane, but still, we kind of do, I guess. Let's just start off with uh, best moment in gaming that does not involve other players, but that is a part of the actual game. And we'll start off with you. Now, for everybody as well, before we even start, as I said, this is of the decade. In case you've forgotten how long that is and how far away a decade can be, I mean, games of the year for 2000. Um, just again to give you an example of what we're looking at. Now, this is whether it was the game of the year or whether it was the best graphics at the time or whatever. Uh, we're looking at games like Escape from Monkey Island, Deuce X, Baldur's Gate 2, Diablo 2. My God, you know it's been a long time when. <laughs> Planescape Torment, which we know Hoogs absolutely adores. The Sims. The Sims, for Christ's sakes. That's how long it's been. So... Try to remember that and 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 understand that if we come across a, a category and we say what our best is, and it's not necessarily what you would have picked, remember that like I tried to get as much information researching as as I could the different games that have come out during that time. I know I missed a lot. I know that it. it I mean, you can only research so many games in a decade. So no doubt we've missed some, but these are games definitely that that we've played, that we've had fun with it and whatnot. So again, let's go back to it. Best moment in gaming that is not involving other players per se, but it's built into the game. What would you say is yours? This actually took me kind of a long time to answer because like you said, you got 10 years worth of gaming. It's hard to remember and think back and then pick amongst all that what the, you know what you would consider the best. But um, I would say the most memorable, my best moment in like a single player kind of experience, not you know multiplayer stuff, was uh, actually the final mission in Half-Life 2 where you have to drive that car around, throwing the sticky bombs up at the, at the Striders and then shoot them off with something. That was the most manic friggin' thing I've ever done. <laughs> and when I finished, I felt like such a badass when I was done. And then, you know, we got the ending of Half-Life 2 Episode 2, and I just kind of wanted to slip my wrist. But, you know, I mean, that was just fucking hard, man. That was hard to pull off. Like, you felt good when you pulled it off. And now I can do it, you know, my eyes closed. But the first time around, I was just really, man, I had to restart that stupid thing so many times. But, yeah, that's what it goes to. And any runner-up for you? Um, you know, I was thinking about runners up. Uh, no, I don't have any one at all right now that I want to. I want to give out for that. Okay, and for myself, I will start with the runners up for for myself. I, I, and it's not because it's brand new and fresh in my mind. It is because I've given it serious thought. One of my runners up is actually finishing Dragon Age Origins. That ending was absolutely phenomenal. I cannot say enough about it. It is something that, um that really makes you kind of sit back and be amazed at what's possible to get you involved to to really build up to an incredible climax and then not disappoint at the end i mean this game could teach rick a thing or two but that's besides the point another runner-up for me is first level 99 in diablo 2 that was cool (laughs) that was one of those moments where it's like it and this is when it first came out kind of thing, not when um, by the time everybody knew it inside and out and everything, but when you were actually playing, like, do you remember the first time, like you went into act two and like you find the door to the sewers and you're like, what the fuck is this? You know, that kind of like you have no clue what you're doing kind of thing. So when you hit 99, the first time um, 
there's that moment of, oh my fucking God. And it was really, really cool. But top spot in terms of the decade, the best one that I could think about was actually, got to give a hat tip to Blizzard again, hitting 60 for the first time. Hitting 60 when the game first came out actually meant something. I mean, even hitting 99, or sorry, 80 now doesn't mean anything. It means jack shit. Hitting 60 back then actually did. It was a lot of work. I mean, there's a YouTube video of that guy going berserk, the kid, when he hit 60 finally. And that's what it was. (laughs) I mean, when we used to hit 60 in the guild that I was running, we threw parties for people. Like, seriously. Everybody, grab yourself a real drink. We're going to head over to the tavern in Stormwind or wherever. At the time, we were playing Alliance. We're actually going to have drinks in game, drinks for real. We're going to have a fun. And nobody was doing anything else that night. So you weren't going out and raiding afterwards, unless the whole group was going raiding or whatever. But, I mean, you canceled shit because it was that important and it was that much fun. So that, to me, the first level 60 was one of those pinnacle moments in gaming for the decade i mean the wow did have a huge impact on us without a doubt so something like that when it actually meant something yeah for sure well so you know uh, since you mentioned it not 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 to interrupt or anything but uh, go ahead this doesn't classify as something for me but there was an event that happened in gaming surprisingly enough with diablo 2 that i think is very memorable and i consider one of my best memories was um my very good friend of mine had a, a 99 sorceress, and this was the day he quit Diablo 2. Um, he had so much gear. I mean, the guy was just insane. I mean, he had the most amazing. He like the the, the top the top of of the the best. Okay, he was like the best freaking sorceress. Okay, and, you get um, the point. His game glitched, and his sorceress dropped dead and dropped all of his loot on the ground, and everybody else in the party picked it all up. <laughs> and he had this breakdown. He just stood up, took the disc out, the CD out of it, out of the freaking player, broke it in half, just started biting <laughs> on it, and, and stomped out of the room. And me and my other friend were just like in hysterics, laughing at what just happened. It was one of the best, most fondest memories I had of Diablo 2 was his complete and utter emotional, soul-crushing breakdown. This hundreds upon hundreds of hours on this character gone in an instant. Yeah, well, it was, and I mean, that game stuck around so long, too, and there's a reason for played. it. Exactly. Well, they're still patching the damn thing. Yeah, they still have a patch. I, I installed, they, they put a patch. I just saw a patch that they just installed, like, a month and a half ago. It says you can respec your character. I'm like, holy shit, are you kidding me? People <laughs> yeah. are still playing Diablo 2. Well, I was playing it last year for a little while. So, yeah, no, definitely. Okay, moving on from there, best moment in gaming that is actually multiplayer interaction. Um, my best one is actually the recent land party that I had a couple of weeks ago um, when I did the one-man army scenario, I mean, in Left 4 Dead 2. Um, people on my team, I, I love my friends, but they, they suck. They suck so bad. Um, we were playing as survivors, and it was just I was the only person not incapacitated on the floor. One of our dudes was dead. I hobbled into the safe room used the med kit, got the defib pads, brought the other guy back to life, brought the other two back up off the ground and like just carried everybody into the safe room. And it, it was just a very, very epic moment. One of those things where you just feel invincible. And that was very cool. The bragging rights to stand up, look on the other end of the table and just laugh at, you know, the four of the people. <laughs> All right. Any runner up? 
Um, no, I, the runner I would, maybe gonna... meeting your wife maybe online and that would qualify. Well, yeah, the, the that I don't necessarily consider one of the 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 greatest you know kind of things <laughs> happen in a game. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm totally, totally kidding. No. <laughs> Meeting my wife in a in, in Warsong Gulch of all damn places, and I was it, it was cool, man. Like we were just playing around. We were in in our forties when it first came out, like way, way, way back. And uh, I was yelling obscenities at the other people because they were playing badly. And uh, I think I said something like "fuck me, silly." My God, we actually captured the flag. And then uh, she says, "If we win, I will." And you know, the rest is pretty much history. So, yeah. And uh, two so she- kids. Uh, how later? <laughs> She meant it. <laughs> All right. Um, for me, best moments, there's uh, a couple. The best one, I'm not going to go through it all again because I went through it on another podcast without a doubt is when I picked up uh, Burning Crusade with my youngest. Um, the whole process of standing in line, getting it, and then getting home and playing all day together and playing the card game while it was installing and everything, without a doubt, number one. Um, also, though, playing Diablo 2 with my eldest son. Again, from one end of the spectrum to the other, both Blizzard games again, not to be a fanboy, but uh, playing D2 with my son, my eldest son back in the day, um, was absolutely phenomenal. It was one of the first games where we could do that as well, too, where we were both in the same house. He had his computer, I had mine downstairs, and then we had fun doing that together. So it was an absolute blast. So for me, that would be those two uh, those two occurrences um moving on from there best cinematic now this is this is damn tough for anybody who mm-hmm. like just think about it for a moment like think about like how hard it is to think about every single cinematic so of course again i'm certain we missed a lot of them but i still kind of maintain mine but i'll let you go first though what's what's one of your favorites um i got four and okay. I don't know which one will be considered a runner-up or not because they were all phenomenal. It took me a long time to kind of like pick this one too. Um, I'll just go in no particular order. Believe it or not, the opening and closing to Kingdom Hearts, at the time, I thought it was the coolest goddamn thing ever. And this was a game that before, in theory, was like, oh my god, man, Square Enix, Final Fantasy, and freaking Disney. Are you guys crazy? This is going to be horrible. It's going to flop. Then I started playing it. And I played the fuck out of that game. And the closing, the very end closing, just in typical Square Enix fashion, just ambiguous as hell with the damn endings, as you know, with all Final Fantasy games. And it was just, it was very, very, very good. Uh, second would be the intro to Warhammer 40K uh, Dawn of War. That was one of the most amazing introductions to a game I've ever played. I, I still play, you know, on occasion. Um... Just watching the Space Marines going at it with the with the orcs was just it, it was amazing. I mean, it's the only thing that I would put up there with you know on par with Blizzard cinematics. Uh, the first time I played God of War and I got the uh, the close the ending to God of War when uh, when you stabbed a huge ass sword through through Ares was just ridiculous. And um, the final one was the first time that I caught a, a whiff of Halo Two. Because by then I was still very much, you know, with my original Xbox and I thought Halo was, you know, the be-all, end-all of gaming like everybody else did at the time until uh, until I got over it. But, yeah, that was freaking awesome. He jumps out, you know, of the ship with the freaking bomb strapped onto him. Oh, man, it was just, it was very, very cool how they, how they portrayed that game. And the fact that it's become such a ridiculous franchise was just, it's just excellent. I, those were my four cinematics. Cool, cool. 
OMG Sam in the, in the audience is saying that, uh, asking if uh, Machinima counts and uh, thinks that Wrathgate was pretty epic. You know what's funny is that I've had a lot of people have been reading who have been talking about Wrathgate as if it was this unbelievable questline and cinematic at the end and everything. And I have to say, I've done it several times now in... I'm not about to say it's not good. Certainly the quests leading up to it are more epic than a lot of the the boring-ass shit that you do otherwise. Right. You're much more involved in something that's that feels epic in, in nature. Fine. But really, that ends machinima. I don't know. I don't understand why people are that enthralled with it. I really, I don't, I don't get it. I, 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 that's not to say it was bad, but it really wasn't that big a deal. And the quest line leading up to it, though it was good, excuse me, I don't think it was absolutely phenomenal. I don't think it deserves the attention. I don't know if it's just that people have gotten so, so, I don't know, bleh, about most of the quest lines in WoW at this point that it doesn't take as much for them to feel it's more epic, or if it's just that, it's hitting people differently because quite frankly, it was, I don't know. I really wasn't, I, I, it was good, but well, I don't you know. know. The, I don't know. The first time, <laughs> dude, the, the, I, I know exactly how you're feeling, but ultimately, man, at least for me, now I look at it, I'm like, oh, whatever, I skip over it. I actually have the the video file. I got my screensaver plays different movies that I have on here. So that cinematic is one of them as well as all the, uh, the Starcraft two battle reports and whatnot, just whatever. But um, the first time that I saw that Wrathgate cinematic, I was jumping up and down in front of my desk, just freaking, completely geeking out over it. And it was it was very cool because I'm a big lore freak. And when I saw you know Four Dragon there, and I saw everything that happened, I thought, wow, if this it was it was good. It was very surprising. It caught me completely off guard. I did not expect it. But um. If you put it on par with the typical cinematics that are given in other games, like, hell, I haven't even played to the end of it, but I saw the cinematic of the freaking Archdemon and all the crap that you do at the end of, of Dragon Age Online, uh, Dragon Age oh. Origins, and I was just like, holy shit, dude, that's, that was you very, You can't even very compare cool. the two. Yeah. Not but for a while, for a while, Blizzard has never done that, and they were very, like, you know, we don't want to put cinematics in because we don't want to interrupt the gameplay, blah, blah, blah. You know, they have the potential because they have such a creative team to make some damn amazing cinematics, especially in-game, you know, machinima graphic style kind of cutscenes. I would say the Wrathgate event is up there, but it's not like decade worthy. It's it's part of the the big hulking juggernaut that is WoW. So I wouldn't consider it its own independent thing. I'm just saying that it was it was good, but it wasn't this. Be all no, be all. no hell no, yeah. not even close, not even close. Getting back to my choice, however, my choice actually is um, Act 2, Diablo 2, when oh. he's walking through the desert there. Um, basically, most of the cinematics, well, pff, every cinematic out of Diablo 2, I absolutely adored. But Act 2, to me, was the best. Um, there's a lot about the cinematics that they did there that were a lot more... They really caught your attention and held you there between the the way that they shot the well it's not shooting but the way they they framed everything because of the the voices that they used everything and Diablo 2 in my opinion did it best. Uh, I far preferred the D2 cinematics over the Warcraft cinematics that came out which is not to say that those weren't good but I don't they didn't have that 
that complete air of mystery that that really haunts you and and, and you want to see more kind of thing. Oh, like Tyrael uh, breaking the world stone with his freaking sword at the very end, and then you yeah. kind of left the black screen and you're wondering what the hell just happened. <laughs> yeah, 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 that kind of mystery. Yeah, I, I again, those are <laughs> that's my favorite. So we're gonna move on from there to some lore stuff again. We're gonna touch on best script, same as we did for the for the year. So for yourself, what was the best script? Uh, Max Payne with Bioshock 1 as a runner-up. Max Payne, when I played it the first time, it was the first time I ever saw such a game that was like as visceral as Max Payne was. Uh, as far as storyline, that was kind of like a mature storyline that was going on. And there's like one level in particular that you go through a dream sequence. You know, where they say the level is his dream as he's dreaming about going through an apartment. Uh, it's just, it is some pretty like mature shit going on in there and that doesn't mean that it's gratuitous or it's vulgar or it's you know you know excessively violent or or anything like that but it was just it wasn't meant to be taken lightly it was a pretty deep game and you know honestly same thing for bioshock one the ending was kind of meh for the for bioshock one but the story itself was just very very well done i think they did a very good job writing both of those games but i'd have to give it to max Payne. cool i actually went with half-life 2 as my first my first choice um, because it, it, and it was not just the gaming engine that was fantastic in that game, but also the script really held you in place, everything, the way that they constructed it. So yeah, no, that's uh, definitely where I give the first one. And actually, once again, Dragon Age gets my vote as runner up and it was really hard to decide whether or not I wanted to give it even the, uh, the top spot. I, I think that the script for Dragon Age, especially when you consider all of the, the way that it branches out and all of the multiple, multiple storylines that it has is really really well done really extremely well done so that's where i put my picks what about favorite character were you able to actually come up with one gordon freeman as my favorite <laughs> protagonist and the g-man as my favorite antagonist as a matter of fact the g-man is my favorite fucking character in any game period he's just such a fun messed up horrible voice little character he's just like he sounds so damn sinister he sounds like a freaking snake if it was a human being it was i i love that character as a matter of fact i i love everything about half-life 2 but gordon freeman it's like you're a science nerd and you're running around in a bio suit with you know a freaking crowbar just owning face everywhere you go and then the G-Man comes up, you know, is like, good morning, Mr. Freeman crap. Oh, my God, that shit was the best. He still haunts me to this day because, obviously, Episode 3 has been released, which, um, yeah. So, I... You can that keep bitching about I, that as much as you want. It ain't gonna happen. No, until, until I turn blue in the face and keel over and die, I am driving myself insane trying to hunt down more information about Episode 3 because they've been hinting at it during all the Left 4 Dead 2 interviews when that before that was released and they said well what about episode 3 and then you know the the Valve guy's eyes would dilate a little bit and he'd start sweating and then he would just try to like deflect it you know so I'm wondering what the hell happened it's been a long time <laughs> give us the ending no i think honestly that they gave up on that shit we we are never going to know unless they unless they'd actually planned out the full story and it's somewhere written and there's a file somewhere at you know valve studios somewhere that you can break into it and and get the script i don't think we're ever going to know that being said for my choice i actually had again 
people got to understand how hard it is to rock your brain over a decade and try to think of one favorite whatever kind of thing. I actually had Gordon Freeman as my 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 pick, but I kept trying to think about it and I'm thinking about the game and whatnot. And in all honesty, the character himself is kind of cool, but there's no real progression of the character throughout the story because you're that character. So it's not that he changes along the way. You have this this fantastic adventure throughout the way, but it's not he, there's not nearly as much depth to the character and so that's why i kept having a hard time justifying that choice but that's not to say that the character wasn't well designed and everything obviously it is it's something different too especially at that time but there there wasn't enough of a story arc to the character enough character development to make you kind of sit back and say yeah that sucker like there was a lot going on there a lot that he went through i mean Shit, I can look at at Nathan Drake from Uncharted and see a lot more depth of character and than I can in in Gordon Freeman. But it's just that playing as him was a blast kind of thing. So I, again, yeah, I had that's a, what I based it on. I had a hell of a hard time coming up with anything else. That's that that was one of the hard choices that I had. That and the next category, favorite line, and I was started thinking, <laughs> "Are you fucking kidding? I should have taken that shit out because I can't remember that far back." Were you actually able to come up with something? Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, shoot. I told you. I, I did my homework and then some for this freaking show. Okay. And it's been, I did it's my homework with back. all the research shit that I put out. <laughs> like, I I did my homework, but then there was a couple of categories. I'm going, shit, man. I, fuck, I don't know. So go ahead. What was your, your favorite line? Um, my favorite line is actually from Andrew Ryan of Bioshock when um when he says a man chooses, a slave obeys. And then he starts yelling for you to obey as you beat the living shit out of him with a golf club and... That of all the games, I really had to think back hard. It took me a good 45 minutes staring just blankly at the screen thinking. And that one was the only one that kept like resurfacing over and over and over again. Because it's just, it really is one of those moments in the game that it's it sticks with you. You know, it's like really cliche and it just sticks with you. And uh, that stuck with me. Hell, it's my little my little uh, profile message on, on Instant Messenger is, you know, a man chooses a slave obeys. And I thought that was such an awesome fucking line. See, that's the thing too. I've come across many over the years from playing and because I write as well, I can not to say that other people can as well, but I really, really appreciate well-written dialogue and and lines like that. So every once in a while, something will come up kind of like something like that, where you kind of sit back and say, Whoa, that that's, that was well-written and it doesn't need to be a lot either. It's just that there were too damn many choices for me to pick from. (laughs) Moving on from there, game design, best gameplay. What would you give it to? Um, Best gameplay. uh, Another one that I'm pretty sure no one will ever hear me. No one would have expected guilty gear X. It was a 2D fighting game, and I love those fucking types of games, like, you know, Street Fighter 2, all that sort of thing. Guilty Gear X has to be the most freaking awesome game. It was just so much (laughs) damn fun. And it was one of those things where you're putting spreadsheets and shit, and you're, like, trying to find a way to press, you know, 12 buttons at the same time just to get things to go on. And it was just a great, great, great game. And the fact the soundtrack was nothing but like heavy thrash metal for every single one of the games of Guilty Gear that has come out is just awesome. Not to mention you got to play um, 
a character that was a very tall man with a uh, exacto knife and a paper bag over his head. That was really really fucking cool. Though my favorite guy was uh, Zip Brandt. If he looked like a like a wannabe ninja, it was a very very cool game. Played phenomenally. All right, my choice again goes to Half Life Two. Excuse me. The gameplay, especially when you remember at that time, and suddenly having the gravity gun, and suddenly the physics in the game were actually meant something. Then you could move a desk to block a door and and things like that. I mean, there was a a lot of things that were introduced with Half-Life 2 that we take for granted now as not knowing the origins kind of thing. There's a lot of shit that at the time when you were playing it were so revolutionary that it was so damn cool. But tack on to that, the fact that it played so well. And when you got on the 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 boat, the 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 the, the hovercraft. Yes. Oh yeah. Handled yeah, yeah. beautifully. I remember the first time I sat on that hovercraft and I'm thinking, oh, you're fucking kidding me. This is going to be a joke. This is going to play. Airboat. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be, oh, my fucking God, this is a blast. And it just it just felt so nice and smooth. It was easy to shoot with it. It was easy to do everything. I absolutely adored the gameplay in Half-Life 2. And the fact that it still holds up is testament to how, how well it was designed. Um, best art style, what did you choose? Um, best art style had kind of a couple of them actually. Um, I'll start with the first runner up is a game that I am dying to get my freaking hands on, but nobody carries it. I cannot find this damn game anywhere. Um, Muramasa the Demon Blade for the Nintendo Wii. It's like a, just another side scrolling, very, very nice, you know, 2D uh, kind of like art, but it's very, very well, well drawn. I'd love to have that damn game, but I can't find it anywhere. It's driving me crazy. Uh, second runner-up is um, Ukami. I actually, <laughs> you the, bastard! The huge, That's my first choice. <laughs> dude, the huge tattoo on my back that covers pretty much from shoulder to shoulder to the small of my back is, you know, the the wolf from Ukami, whose name I cannot pronounce to save my life, so I'm not even gonna bother. But it's just it hasn't been colored in yet, obviously, because I don't have enough money. But um, they, I am obsessed to hell with wolves in general, and that game was the most beautiful damn thing I've ever played. Period. It was just, it was very, very good. Um, the actual, who I had to give the winner to, hands down, uh, again, kind of going very, I guess, you know, people are, it, I, I went with Wind Waker, because nobody ever gave it a chance at first. Nobody wanted to play it when it came out. Zelda Wind Waker, when we saw that it was all cell shading, it was like, oh my god, this sucks, you know, they're making another Zelda game where you get to be a kid, and it isn't like Twilight Princess like we were all promised, blah blah blah, it was made with a lot of shit, but, you know, Wind Waker was a lot of fun, man, and it was a beautiful game, it was just gorgeous to look at, it was very easy on the eyes, I mean, I, I, I still would love to play it if I had it, I cannot find the stupid disc, and uh, my back is not hairy. Sam. <laughs> you know what? I, I I agree with Windraker. I know that it came up to a lot of shit press when they they made that choice. And I don't understand why is people were not into cell shading at the time. But it definitely looked fantastic. I had absolutely no problems with it. I thought it was a nice clean um clean look to the game art style. I I thought it was fantastic. So yeah, what you got you got one more choice you were saying? Uh, no, just, just those three. But like Sammy was saying, uh, Jet Set Radio was on my list at one point because that game was fucking 
awesome. It was like one of the first cell shading games I ever played, and I actually like cell shading games because they just come across so crisp and so good. It's like playing a comic book. But uh, Jet Set Radio was just very frustrating to me. Like the the art style made it harder to play the damn game. Wind Waker and especially Ukami and even Muramasa, in the art style makes the game more fun. The art style in Jet Set Radio just made it harder for me, so I didn't play it as much as I wanted to. And even the sequel, uh, Radio Future, that came out for like the three six, uh, the original Xbox. Okay. Well, Okami was my choice, but I did give a very close runner-up to Borderlands, which again, the the style of Borderlands, I I just can't get enough of it. I think it's fantastic. I we've raved about it enough. There's no sense going on and on about it on on this episode. However, I absolutely adore the style. I'm so glad that they changed it from what they originally were planning. I think that it is very groundbreaking, yet still using, you know, an old kind of cell shading technology style kind of thing. And yet they, they, they made it just edgy enough and just fit that game perfectly. So it definitely, it was very hard for me to choose, actually, between Okami and, and Borderlands in terms of which one I personally think was the best. But, uh, but yeah, those were my choices. Moving on from there, though, the obvious best graphics. What did you choose? I had to go over the 10 years, and this was extremely hard really to hard. answer. Sim- yeah, because the, <laughs> the graphics the graphics that came out in 2000 were like, holy shit, look at these graphics. Then in 2001, holy shit, look at these graphics. Now in 2009, we're like, oh my god, look at this. Everything beforehand looks like garbage, you know, unless it was a stylized kind of game like, you know, we just talked about. Yep. But um, I gave, based on games that I've actually played, um, first place went to God of War 1. When God of War 1 came out and uh, I first, you know, went over to Buddy's house and they were playing it and I was like, what the hell is this? It looks gorgeous, you know? And then from then on, that was pretty much where, where that, you know, ended up. It was, I just thought it was a great looking game. And I really wasn't a fan of like the action adventure kind of like 3D half hack and slash, half leveling up your shit. I mean, I wasn't that much of a fan of it, but that game was really, really, really pretty. Um, and funny enough, another runner-up, um, I just finished playing it the other day. I sat down for like a five-hour stint and played and beat it. Was Halo ODST? Right. Uh, Halo ODST was produced in one year, and you're playing that game. If you don't have the like the visor mode on, where you're seeing everything night vision, if you just look at the game raw without the UI put on, because there's actually an option to take off your HUD. It's like you're just looking at it naked, with no target reticle, no nothing, just everything. Like if you're watching a movie. It is freaking phenomenal, man. I mean, it looks bad as shit. I mean, the the bombed out city looks really, really real, like a bombed out city. I got to play it on HD TV too. Holy shit, that was awesome! Very, very, very cool experience. I mean, there's a lot of other stuff out there that looked very good. Um, people say uh, Gears of War looked very good. A lot of other stuff, but I, I didn't play Gears of War. I didn't play a lot of other games, and I saw them, and I was like, you know. So you made everything gray and brownish and kind of washed out and super realistic. Okay, okay. I didn't really dig it. I didn't really feel like it was alive to me. But these, this game, especially ODST, looked really, really visceral. I liked it a lot. I would, I would give the best graphics to those. Cool, cool. I actually, you mentioned it earlier, Kingdom Hearts. When it first came out, my son was playing it almost religiously. And I watched him play. And between the cinematics and the gameplay, it actually looked amazing at that time. It was phenomenal. I kind of found it hard, just like you too, to to be thinking about which one 
is the best because a decade's a long time and unfortunately it's you know of course now everything's going to look better than what it did then so then you're thinking okay are we talking more about at that time was it something that really impressed us the most or something now because if we're looking at at that time i can also look at um when nightfall came out for guild wars that shit looked incredible and i mean we were stuck with blizzard graphics with wow which i mean though stylized and cute certainly aren't phenomenal and yet you play nightfall on guild wars and it looked amazing i mean when you're seeing the the little cityscapes and whatnot as well as just the landscape it looked absolutely incredible you crank up the the the, every single setting on that sucker and played and it still looks good now but at that time wow like it just blew my mind um that being said for now probably one of the best that i've seen that i enjoyed the best um would be probably fallout 3 I love the graphics on that shit. I really enjoyed the game as well. And I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for Bethesda games as well, too. So it is something that I see this and and, and, and played the shit out of it, both on um, the PS3 version as well as the, the PC version. And yeah, no, I absolutely love those. Um, best voice acting. Again, another tough one. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, my choices first here and you can round the, mm-hmm. it up. Mine has got to be Patrick Stewart with Oblivion. I have this thing for Patrick Stewart. I mean, I dropped the soap for the man, I think probably. <laughs> that voice is just fantastic. I just absolutely love that voice. And though I wasn't a Trekkie with the original series, I did actually watch the the next generation and he was the only one that i really i shouldn't say the only one but he was of course for everybody the main one he's he's just a fantastic actor well a shakespearean actor it's that voice and it is he has a presence so when i actually was playing through oblivion and i had um i had I'd seen like the trailers that he'd done, but it's different when you're actually playing and you're interacting with him at that point. And like the the acting, the voice acting throughout the game was well done, although in some parts it's way too long, but his was just absolutely phenomenal. I I really liked it a lot. Um runners up for me were both uncharted as well as uncharted 2 which everyone will be happy to know yes it was under the tree i have been playing the shit out of uncharted 2 (laughs) and i stand by everything i said the only thing that i've noticed that is a little off is i find that in some um some during some gameplay the eyes are a little darker than what they should be i don't know if anybody else has noticed this it's kind of like in the first one the only thing that i noticed that was a little off was that light would shine into the character's mouths so that you would see light shining into a mouth which just does not happen but they designed <laughs> the physics that way and so it's kind of looks off and in this case they kind of fix that a bit but the eyes are somewhat darker but in terms of gameplay in terms of um the um in terms of the uh, the soundtrack in terms of the the voice acting and everything else i i stand by it and in in the voice acting in Uncharted 2 is absolutely amazing. I really, really am very impressed. And again, Dragon Age Origins, I absolutely adore it. What about yourself? Um, Mine actually is, I, I have no idea the names of the actors that do the voices. I really don't. But it, it was really hard for me to pick because there's been a lot of voices you've heard in gaming for the longest time. Like I, A runner-up is Kingdom Hearts because Kingdom Hearts had the most... Like the the voice actors that they had picked 
Oh God, I can't remember for the life of me the name that they picked for a lot of the voice actors of our of the so the Final Fantasy characters in Kingdom Hearts. But um, I was very impressed with it, just hands down. They did a wonderful job, and I love that voice acting. But I would have to give my first place to actually Knights of the Old Republic, Kotor, the original one, had just the most convincing voice acting and the most fun to listen to voice acting. Everything that was spouted off and every single voice was just a lot of fun to listen to, and I actually got into the characters. Um, and Sammy's saying it in the chat room, uh, HK-47, uh, this this droid that you would pick up, an assassination droid you picked up, the shit this guy said made me laugh so hard. It was just, it was a fun game to play to listen to. And I guess that was like the first and probably the last Bioware game that I really, truly, truly enjoyed and got like really deep into. And one of the biggest reasons was because the voice acting and it was good. It was very, very well done. It wasn't your typical Star Wars or everybody and their mother is British. You know, I mean, it was just a very, very, very cool experience. And I think they did an amazing job with uh, that was up there for almost script writing for me because of the writing involved with the people, you know, the things that, that, that was said, the lines that were given. But um, that was just... Listening to it again, I can still hear the voices in my head exactly how they sound. If I if I think back on it, I can think exactly how that voice sounds. I'm not gonna try to you know replicate it because <laughs> you know I'm, I'm, yeah. I you, you make let's, fun let's of me not do that. a lot yes. of things, dude. Yeah, okay. I don't need more ammo. <laughs> let's be honest. Okay, um, let's move on to uh, soundtrack from there. I would assume we both agree on this one, but who knows? After last week, we might be wrong. So, what did you choose as best soundtrack? Bioshock One. Oh, you bastard. Really? Yeah, yeah, it was good. But really, above Diablo 2? I, I like the music of Diablo 2. Don't get me wrong. I, I I would give it to both if I could. If I had to pick one, I'd pick Bioshock just because I'm a softie for that old kind of like jazzy kind of style. I like that stuff a lot. Like I'm a freak for that kind of music. I really, really am. It's like the Sinatra era. I love all that shit with a passion. I think it's the coolest sounding music. And um, I wish I could get my hands on more of it, truth be told, but, you know, that's just how it is. As as far as, like, an epic feel, hands down Diablo 2. The, the music in Diablo 2 was extremely good. That was actually my runner-up, but my first place, I'd, I got to give it a Bioshock, and that's just my personal preference, funny enough, with just the kind of music that I really like. See, I, I did love the Bioshock music. I've made it clear, too, and I love that style of music, too. Hell, I've got LPs of that shit. I, I absolutely adore it as well, but That's I could not even come close, in my opinion, to Diablo 2. When a score can get you in literally a couple of bars and you are, boom, in that game again, to me, that is... it's It doesn't get any better. Uh, to me, it was definitely Diablo 2. I didn't even have to think about it. Um, let's move on from there now. A few more, uh, the, the getting more, uh, refined categories here. Now this one I found really tough until it clued on me, which one should win. And it is best new IP. Again, decade people. This is a long time mm -hmm. to think about what IPs came out during that time. What did you pick? Best new IP, something that has come out for this, uh, decade that I would personally go so far as to say was for this generation um is halo halo 1 halo 2 halo 3 halo odst all the halo novels that i actually own uh believe it or not it's just it was a game that came out that was amazing and it was, it was this big thing for it. it used to be called forerunner it was coming out for max only and whatnot i mean 
there was a lot of funk when it was first released, but it hands down was the most just it, it's still going on now. It's still such a massive franchise. It went from being literally nothing, just a little side Mac kind of project in gaming to this humongous it's as big as like it's as big as wow, if not bigger. You know, to, to console gaming. I mean, Halo is just enormous. The music, the Halo, everything that, that, that you hear from Martin O'Donnell, the stuff that you hear when he composes the original track and the the, the monk kind of chanting sound that you hear the music, the second you hear it, you know exactly where the fuck it's going. You know exactly what you're listening to. That is incredible, incredible, incredible stuff. I think that game and that, as far as a new IP, is something that we're still going to see for a long time to come. Oh, well, for sure. For sure. Yeah, they're milking that sucker for all it's worth. Uh, any runner-up? Um, Not exactly. I mean, okay. it, it was really hard to kind of narrow oh, it was. down some new stuff. Like, I, I mean, got to think back what was new, because what was new then is definitely not new now, but I'll oh, yeah. just give it to Halo. I mean, I, I was thinking, okay, well, and, and I didn't want to just think about new stuff either. It's just that a lot of the things that have been sequels that we played is not a new IP because it was a sequel. That, that came out during the, the last decade kind of thing. But like I was looking at the Uncharted series, the, the Bioshock as well, but it didn't hold a candle to the, the top one for me was actually The Sims. The Sims actually came out in this decade. And if you look at it as an IP in terms of everything that it's done and all the sales is done is monstrous, monstrous. And the when The Sims first came out, the first one, it was absolutely incredible. It was absolutely phenomenal, and um, I played the shit out of it when it first came out. Like, I mean, I played a lot of The Sims. Like, my wife would probably tell you I played too much of The Sims when it first came out. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so different. It was just so fucking cool. And it was one of those games, again, that I played with my eldest son. So we both played it on the same computer, and we would kind of take turns playing and he was pretty young at the time and it was just so much fun playing this game together and then i had found the cheats as well eventually for the 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 money just cheats and all that and so we did that no we didn't do the nude patch um <laughs> i was playing with my son i'm not gonna do that shit but no the money patch the money one is what i did um which i mean i can still remember when i found the code for the money and i kept giving myself more money and it was driving my son crazy because i wouldn't tell him what it was and i mean all he had to do is look i'd written it underneath the keyboard but he never did even though i was dropping hints but it was just the game was fantastic i didn't play all of the iterations of course i kind of lost it after a while but i really that first one especially and in terms of an ip like the success story of that ip is phenomenal the only real runner-up that i can give it um for ip in the year is actually rock band Rock Band took what Guitar Hero started, but made it something that you could do with a group, with uh, uh, your family, with others, and have so much fun. I try to describe to people how much fun it is playing Rock Band, because we have Rock Band and Rock Band 2 here that we play with the family. I try to explain it, and they say, I kind of want to do that shit. I don't want to, you know, play just this stupid game, because they associate it with playing guitar hero and if they have something that they don't they didn't like about guitar hero then they associate that with rock band i try to explain it's not even the same you can't compare the two and no it's not making music but it is much more of a, a, a fun like everybody's playing together laughing having drinks and, and it's just so much more fun so as an ip that was a definitely 
runner-up that I, I had to mention. Now, portable games, another very tough one here because you're talking about, I mean, Game Boy Advance all the way through to DS and PSB and everything. What did you have as your pick? I'm sorry, I'm having an argument with friends in the chat room. Um, I, I, I just wanted to tack on something. It's funny you mentioned The Sims because I played The Sims 2, like, to death, and my wife actually got The Sims 3 for Christmas. And that was one of the bigger mistakes because she is just <laughs> like she's gone through generations and now she doesn't want to play because, you know, her character had, you know, a child out of wedlock and it's all old and it had the child when it was too old. This is some shit going on, some major sim drama. And I just like, damn, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, I, I, it's one of those things where it's like she has gone to sleep at 2 a.m every night with me for like the past couple of nights because I'm up playing WoW and I'm like, you want to go to bed? And she's like, hold on a second. She's like doing shit with her sim. Like, God damn, you're like me only with the sims. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, um, vacation time kind of helps too. Uh, as far as best portable game, I'm going to get this one. Another thing people are not going to get from me, a uh, Critter Crunch. Critter Crunch is a game for the iPhone that was developed by Capybara Games, a little independent game company, and now you can get on the PlayStation Network with much better graphics and much more gameplay to it. This is the most fun damn thing I've ever played in my life. Like, I'll sit there with my iPhone and I'll be there for hours playing this stupid game. It is just the most insane thing I've ever played. I mean, it beats out any portable game that I've played. Like, it beats out the, the Zelda portable games, just by anything else. I don't think that even comes close to The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, on the Game Boy Advance. That was my choice. Um, I thought that was absolutely phenomenal. Big Zelda fan, though, so no, not much surprise there. Runners-up, I actually had um, Puzzle Quest when it came out for the DS. That shit was so addicting as well. It was absolutely phenomenal. So I really, really enjoyed it. Um, like I said before, bought two copies, one for the wife and one for myself, so that we can both play. Loved it. And last one, and I really hate to say it, but last choice is... Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. Yes, I, I'm. My life is that sad and pitiful. Pokemon Diamond, and I choose you. I love that shit, man. My son and I played. My youngest son and I, and I really don't want to like it. And whenever I play, I don't play around other people. I play it only at home. <laughs> So that nobody knows I'm actually like trying to catch a certain legendary or whatever. And like when you catch one of those suckers and it's been hard and you actually like cheer, you don't want to do that shit in public because people will mock you and it's not cool. So, yeah, but yeah, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl were actually stop laughing. We're actually really cool games actually um they were well done and we i'd gotten i think diamond and my son had gotten pearl we played them and we had a blast playing them um the little fight thing was well done as well over over the um, wi-fi kind of thing so yeah it was actually really good so those are my choice anyways like, if it makes you feel better i actually still own it and i played the hell out of it too because oh, i i also was a pokemon kid but i actually i i passed it on to a to my daughter and she plays now I, I have no idea what the hell is going on when I when I booted up so I gave up I guess it, I was really past me I was really disappointed with the new one because it was basically just the old one with a few new things added on so I was really disappointed but we're all gonna move on been that though they, they've no. all been the same thing with a couple with like different just, it, they've all really been the exact 
same like progression too. I just thought it was funny, but it's still the same freaking addicting fun. Pretty you know? much. Pretty much. Uh, well, moving on from there, best puzzle game. For me, it was a no-brainer that Bejeweled would be the best puzzle game that's come out over the decade kind of thing. It then gave us a lot of the knockoffs, which were absolutely phenomenal, like Puzzle Quest, which I just still absolutely adore. But Bejeweled is where it came from initially. So I preferred that one over like Tetris myself. What about you? Um, mine actually a runner-up was Bejeweled, and I actually do that begrudgingly because I played a lot of Bejeweled, but I hate the damn game because my wife plays it and she plays it so much better than me, and it's just one of those—it's <laughs> one of those things. It's, like it's just an addictive ass game that you hate because it's such a cheesy little ass game, you know. But it's you can't get the stupid thing to win, whatever. Anyway, um, puzzle games. My major, major puzzle game. What I I considered a puzzle game was Shadow of the Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus was a puzzle game. Anybody who wants to argue with me can just try playing the damn game. There is little in between whatsoever. Your whole purpose of the game is to solve the fucking puzzle of where the weak spot is on the stupid-ass Colossus, find some magical way to divine out your ass how to get to the weak spot, and then pull it off. It was challenging as hell. I would consider that a strategy kind of puzzle game. And I spent hours i refused to game facts that damn game i had to find the hard way how to beat every one of those damn things very very cool game though i loved it i don't know that i'd qualify that as a puzzle game but but well, having what can i what can i qualify it as though that's the thing it's like the whole game is centered around one single solitary you know action and that is get to the colossus put you know shine your sword so that the light will tell you where you got to hit and then find a way to hit it it's like, it, that's it. Yeah, it has platforming elements and whatnot, but that's pretty much it. There's no in-between. There's very little story. It's just trying to get there. Okay, well, then let's go right to best platformer. What is your choice? Super Mario Galaxy. Really? It gave, that's... Me, ver it, it gave me vertigo like you wouldn't believe. I'm still <laughs> trying to play it. I'm still trying to. It's always fucking stars. I'm always trying to get the goddamn stars in every Mario game. I'm still playing that stupid thing. It is, it, it hurts but it is one of those fun platformers. Like we've, we've been playing platformers since we were very, very, very little, since we were all knee-high to a grasshopper, as my, as my father-in-law would say. We we're all little kids, been playing platformers, we're badasses at platformers, so what does Nintendo do? They give you a platformer with fucked-up physics and outer space with 3D in it. It's like the most fun I've ever had, the most frustrating fun I've ever had. I came like inches away from just taking my Wiimote and jamming it through the monitor this one time. It, 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 that's how you know it's a good game. If you're going to put a controller through the screen, then you know you're playing a good game. See, I actually, I knew which one I wanted to give it to. However, it didn't come out this decade. However, the port to the DS did. So I'm getting it just by virtue of that. It's a loophole, but it still counts, and that is Super Mario 64. Super Mario 64 oh on the DS, in my opinion, cannot be beat. It was absolutely phenomenal. I've got Galaxy as a runner-up. Hell, I've even got Little Big Planet as a runner-up because it does things that you don't see in other games. It allowed you, platformers, it allowed you to also make your own levels and all that. My son and I played the shit out of that, still play it, and absolutely adore it. And as a distant runner-up, just in sheer fun, is Castle Crashers. No, 
I cannot tell you how much time we pumped into that game and just had so much fun. It's just a fantastic little platformer, and we adored it. But yeah, my first pick, Super Mario 64 on the DS. Best action adventure. What did you choose? Onimusha Warlords. That was a very, very fun game. <laughs> I I sat and I played it through in one sitting at my buddy Carlos's house and we just like this is I'm I have always been like a big fan of Japanese history and whatnot and just playing this game was very, very cool. It was like it's like a fantasy kind of like fictional spin-off on on history of you know Japan and whatnot, but I had a lot of fun playing that game and it was really crazy because I'm a completionist and it was just very, very, very cool. Cool. I actually chose Grand Theft Auto 3. GTA 3 was by far the best. In my opinion, it was absolutely phenomenal. It was a blast to play. It was, for its time, very innovative in a lot of the things that were in it as well. And it was just... it. So many things about it were well done, right from the the questing to the the sandbox feel to it and everything. The the, the characters were well written as well. You actually were sucked into this story and it was well written, well voice acting, good voice acting as well. But yeah, it was it, it, it is a game that I think people don't take seriously enough for a game of the decade as well like if you're looking in top five games of the decade i would actually give it a spot in there not number one or two but it'd be in there somewhere for sure i actually Uh, tried playing it um about a month ago i tried playing it back i booted it back up in the ps2 and i was like man i am really out of practice i used to be phenomenal at this game and i just suck so bad at it right now i don't know it's it's a weird thing you know it's like when i was a kid i played the original mario brothers I'm like a badass on crack freaking jumping doing all this crazy shit and i'm having a, a just blazing through the game at top speed i try doing that now and i'm falling into holes and running into you know goombas and shit left and right it's really really strange how that is and i cannot fathom why cuz you're shock you're getting old eventually don't it'll say happen. that shit don't yep. say that shit that, all that right best first person shooter um, I guess I'm going. Yeah, right, go for it. Okay, uh, best first-person shooter, runner-up, Combat Arms. Combat Arms was a free-to-play game. I believe you could still play it for free. That I think I was the only person I knew that played it, and it mimicked almost exactly a game that I played and I consider to be the best first-person shooter of the past ten years, and that is Counter Strike. Ha <laughs> ha. Period. Yeah. Left yep. for Dead, the original Left for Dead, and Left for, well, the Left for Dead franchise, Left for Dead One and Two, come in as a runner-up as well. But just because I didn't think it would be fun to just face off that many waves of, of you know enemies or whatnot. But Counter Strike, I remember going to LAN party centers with friends of mine. It's like this big giant, like it's like a store. You walk in, and it's like twenty-five computers land together, top of the line shit. And you pay like you know fifteen bucks an hour or five bucks an hour after you get to know the guy, and you get to play endlessly. You do tournaments and shit. Counter-Strike was the most fun I have had in a first-person shooter. Now, well, once you started talking sucks. about all of the, the mods, too, that you could, like the different um, mods that made, oh. people made where you were playing yes. like you were just tinying a kitchen and all kinds of shit like that. Rats. Counter, yeah, Counter-Strike Counter Source 
I don't think you can, like, I mean, a lot of people say Halo and shit like that. And yeah, those are absolutely fantastic. And and that's a disturb that's a disservice to them by saying, yeah, they're fantastic. They're, they're more than that. But yes. you got to go back to that. I actually put as a runner up, I put Unreal Tournament 2004 because that was another one too. It came out around the same time. It came out at the same time as Quake 3. But this one here just had so much more to it that was so it was just fun it was just fun to play it was a blast but even that has to be a runner-up to counter-strike source um as a distant runner-up i actually have team fortress 2 because you know what i never played the original team fortress 2 though everybody that i knew was kind of into it i never really got into it i i don't even I, i haven't even gotten into in, into Team Fortress 2 that much, even though I played on occasionally on on one of the 4chan servers because they just have the most funniest shit sound packs that you know added onto it. Oh yeah, no Team but, Fortress yeah. 2 is fantastic in terms of modern first-person shooters. I actually rank that as one of the highest ones. It's just a blast to play. It's fun. It's well designed. Um, each class is fun to play. It's it's a really good game. But again, yeah, those are my choices. Moving on to best RPG, what did you pick? Uh, best RPG, I I was gonna pick actually my my runner up is Final Fantasy X, Final Fantasy X. I played a lot of Final Fantasy X. I had a lot of fun with it. I even played Final Fantasy X too, but that's a runner up. My best RPG, if I could call it an RPG, if it'll be accepted as such, is Diablo two. Yes, it I had, is. I I played infinite amounts of Diablo two. I'm salivating just thinking about Diablo three. And I I like RPGs, but I've just kind of I've I've moved away personally from a lot of single player RPGs because that's all I used to play. I was only a console gamer for many 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 years. When I got Diablo 2, it was the first time I ever really played anything other than an RTS, other than Command and Conquer, on my fucking computer. And I spent yeah, <laughs> I spent months upon years playing freaking Diablo 2. Right? I played like Diablo 2 for about three years straight. Like that was the only game I played. I didn't experiment with like damn near anything else. So I would definitely rank Diablo 2 as my best RPG, most defining RPG of the past 10 years. Yeah, without a doubt, it is my number one as well. Now, that being said, in terms of runners up, it, it, it's it's one of those things where you can't even come close to number one so <laughs> it's it's an it's no-brainer however the runners-up are so goddamn Good. fantastic like i mean i've got morrowind oblivion like those shit those were amazing games those were fantastic and i do have dragon age origins because it is actually something that is it, it deserves to be minimum a a runner-up as RPG of the decade. Um, some people in the audience are talking about uh, Fable. I, I hate to break it to you, but I, I wouldn't even give Fable or Fable 2 a runner-up as uh, as uh, RPGs of the decade. Yeah. yeah. Not even close, boys. I'm sorry. Again, that's highly subjective, but no. And I've played them both. No, I would not. But I stand behind Morrowind, Oblivion, Dragon Age Origins, and, of course, Top Dog... Um, Diablo 2, without a doubt. Best MMO, is it even worth... <laughs> well, we're both going to say the I mean, best MMO of the past 10 years was World of Warcraft, but let's, when we wax poetic about that, it's still a damn good game. There's one game, though, I want to mention as a runner-up, no matter how much shit I talk about it today, because it's like Battered Wives Syndrome, Final Fantasy Online was my first MMO. I quit Final Fantasy XI, Final Fantasy Online. I quit that game 
to play WoW. And it was just like, it really was one of those things, man. I just, I could still, if I found my account information, Square Enix is still sending me emails like, come on, man, come back. We'll give you free game time. Like, I forgot my account information. I would love to play my level 75 freaking Dragoon with all this badass armor, huge spear. I would love that class to be introduced in more games, but it never will because it's a staple of the Final Fantasy, you know, series. I would love to play the new Final Fantasy fourteen. I actually signed up for the beta for that. But um, I spent more hours than I care to admit playing Final Fantasy Online. And I still think at its time it was a beautiful game. And what was really cool about it, which is why I have zero tolerance for this lack of cross-platform bullshit that a lot of companies are doing, I was playing in the room with my buddy on his PS2, I was on the PC, and my other friend on the other end of the room on his PS2, and the three of us were playing perfectly fine the exact same game at the exact same time together in Final Fantasy Online. I don't see why if Square Enix can do that and Sony can do that, that you can't get that with other games. Like, I want to play Borderlands on my PC and be able to hook up to somebody playing on the Xbox. The fact that that is made impossible for some reason is bullshit to me but all right all right we're not we're not going down that road again we've we've already covered that i i'm not even going to go into it either it's it's obviously it's wow i mean the impact it's had on the industry is it's we're not going to talk about it 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 was a (laughs) no-brainer i mean i didn't even have to write my choice when i was writing out my things that's it's as simple as that what about most original game well, we skipped best strategy. Can I just bring that one out? Because that one's. Really oh, I, I see. I so skipped hard. it because I'm trying to kind of keep us going here so that we can be done within very few minutes. But go ahead. It'll take me. It'll take me two seconds. Go for it. Winner, winner for best strategy for me was Command and Conquer Three. Runner up is Warhammer 40k Dawn of War because Command and Conquer is finally going to get its final ending next year with Command and Conquer Four, and that whole story is as close to me as a StarCraft and Diablo story personally. So those were my real-time strategy kind of strategy games that I played were both of those very, very cool. But uh, did you have any at all? I did, but we really got to plow through this shit. Most original. Most original original goes to Ukami because, just because. If you've played it, you understand. If you have not played Ukami, it is a beautiful story. It's a beautiful-looking game. The gameplay is very unique, I mean, you have to draw, essentially, but it's like done with calligraphy. It's very, very well executed, unlike anything I've ever played before in, in a game that involves platforming and Zelda-type you know, combat and stuff like that. It was very, very unique, very cool. I have yet to play anything like that. It doesn't have any gimmicky peripherals. It doesn't have anything funky going on with it. It doesn't look like any other game that's out there at all, and, and nothing else will look like it. Okay. I actually chose Portal. Um, again, game that was tossed into orange box that was not supposed to be much of anything and yet blew up because everybody were was was going wild about it and for good reason. It okay. was very, very original and, and damn fun to play. And you want to talk about a good script. Portal was one of those where I seriously was considering, okay, is this going to be a runner-up for best script and it probably should have been just that the script is kind of limited because it's it's just it's not 
there's not that much happening kind of thing and yet for what it is there's lots happening the script for that game is absolutely phenomenal and it was very very original what about most addicting games see i we're probably going to both agree on this one potentially mine is of course Diablo 2 as well. Uh, I Runners up, I've got WoW and The Sims as well, but D2 was by far the most um, addicting game of the past decade for me. You and me are sharing two of which. Um, the most addicting game, my first place goes to the World of Warcraft. Case in point, I'm still playing the damn thing. I started a freaking website. It's, it's, it's a very addicting game. Let's just leave it at that. We don't have to wax poetic about it. Diablo 2 comes in at a close runner-up. Finally... Animal Crossing. <laughs> Animal Crossing for the GameCube was just... <laughs> Has anybody in the audience played Animal Crossing and sat down and got on the GameCube and did what I did where you go in and you just edit the time? Like you change the time settings on your freaking GameCube because you want to go through the season shit and just... Oh my god, that freaking game is it's one of those things is like I'm like I said, I'm a completionist. That game has so much fucking shit to collect. It's like Jesus Christ, Roger, that game is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I played a little bit of it and in all honesty, I could not get into it. I obviously didn't go do enough of it, but I I could not get into it. Brother, I laughed at it. I thought my my girlfriend at the time kind of got me into it. She was playing. I'm like, what is that shit you're playing? That sucks. Ah, you suck. Whatever. Screw you. And then I started looking over the shoulder. I'm like, do that. Okay, go there. And then I started playing. I'm like, oh my god, this is freaking amazing. I mean, I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't sleep. I just played the goddamn Animal Crossing. I was living the life of my freaking character. And I just think it's such an insane concept that you move to a town, you get slumped into indentured servitude to a freaking raccoon for however the hell long. And it's just, this <laughs> is a really insane game. And it's so stupidly addictive. I mean, I, I don't know. All I, right. I, I'm, I'm done. That's all right. Part. Well, we're, we're at our last category anyways. Game of the decade. I mean, what, what did you... Without runners-up, even, what is your choice? I'm not going to get into runners-up because it's very difficult. Just like I said, all the runners-up that we've picked tonight, in my opinion, have been such phenomenal fucking games that I could I could be satisfied saying they were the best. It was just a very, very good past 10 years in gaming. So much has happened. My game of the year, I would have to get for something that has stood time, has just been an amazing game, is Half-Life 2. That's just it. For me, it was Half-Life 2. Half-Life 2 defined all the craziest shit between brand new tech, brand new ways to play a game. Hell, the most fun that I've had in a multiplayer first-person shooter is Half-Life 2 Deathmatch. Play Half-Life 2 Deathmatch is the most manic, simple, stupid, brainless fun you can have and is so damn fun. The game itself is just incredible. Well, of course, I was. I had three that I was thinking about. Probably no surprise there. Three that I'm trying to think about of the last decade, not which had the most impact on gaming or the industry, but which one did I have the most fun playing over the decade? No brainer. Which the three were was D2, Half Life 2, and Wow. I would have to actually say that I would pick as game of the decade Diablo 2. It had that much of an impact on me for so many years that I would actually give that one the nod as game of the year. And you're laughing why? 
I'm I'm laughing at the 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 audience. Oh, okay. Sammy's, right. Sammy's ripping on you. Well, that's not surprising. He, <laughs> he tends to enjoy doing that. But anyways, I I yeah, I without a doubt. Like I'm I'm looking back and I'm thinking in terms of cuz we were talking a while back and you'd started the wave on the top 10 games of all time. And I mean, you're thinking about at that point, well, I was um your Ocarina of Time, the entire Elder Scrolls series, GoldenEye, man. GoldenEye on the 64, fuck dudes, if you never played GoldenEye on the 64, you don't know how how good a first-person shooter game can be that is also a fantastic action-adventure game to play as well. I mean, it was fantastic. So there's a lot of choices, but those were outside the scope of the the decade kind of thing. So I like it would have been a no-brainer for me had Ocarina of Time come out just a little later. Boom. It's as simple as that. But Ocarina with of what time we is very very good. Oh, man, it was hard to contend. In my opinion, it is still the best game of all time, period. Um, but again, the decade, I give the, the nod to Diablo 2. I, I I have said enough about it. <laughs> that is my, uh, my choice. You know, when Diablo 3 comes out, this show, this whole podcast is going to be renamed from For the Lore to For Diablo 3. Just you know that's going to happen, right? Because you're I, a fanatic. I'm a fanatic. Joseph, we may start a new show specifically just for Diablo 3. Well, I already mentioned that too. It is a possibility. Otherwise, we'll just have a section, a weekly segment that people can skip through if they're not playing <laughs> that will be reserved just for that. Maybe even recorded on a different night kind of thing. But yeah, we will we have to. That. With that, folks, we are going to call it a wrap for the evening. We did rush through the show. However, as I said, there's families waiting for us. It is the holidays, but we still wanted to get the show out. It obviously will not be out before the 1st of January, simply because I will not have time to edit it all in time, but it will be out shortly thereafter. I want to take this opportunity to wish everyone the best new year possible. I hope you all have a fantastic New Year's Day as well as New Year you guys have been fantastic listeners. We've got some very loyal listeners who are coming in to listen to us live all the time. It's been great getting to know you guys, chatting with you guys yes. in the audience. And a huge thanks, as I've said by email to the boys. When I started this project, I did not know that I would wind up making such fantastic friends with both you, Rick, as well as with Joe. And I want to thank you guys for, for agreeing to do the show and sticking with us. And it, it makes a difference coming on every week and being able to shoot the shit about games with you guys. So yeah. I wish you as well and Misty and the kids and Joe, I know you're going to be listening to this later, the best <laughs> new year possible. Yep. Uh, everybody send their love to Joe uh, and hope that he gets over his old stomach virus. And I wish you all the same that Roger just did, with the exception that please have a safe New Year's Eve. If you're going to be imbibing a lot of alcohol, as I know me and my wife and our friends will tomorrow night, please drop your keys into the toilet or something. Do not get on the road. I do not want to have any sad stories in 2010 to ring in the new year. So much love to you guys. I did not think at all when Roger from freaking Wow Dogs came up to me and said to do a podcast that it would turn into this. So um, I'm just completely humbled in appreciation. And thank you all for uh, listening and you know going to our sites and, and putting up with our bullshit and our constant breaking of the hardware and software every single show. Oh, shit. Why did you have to bring that up? God damn it, we were doing good. It was a nice ending, and you bring up the breaking of the hardware. You bastard. I don't know why I put up with you. 
Seriously? Oh. My name is Joe, and I am from For the Lore. I'm going to be bringing to you some of my top picks of gaming in the last decade, with a little explanation behind each of them. First off, I'd like to talk about the best script in video games for the last decade. In my mind, the gold medal for this goes very clearly to Ghostbusters. Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd return not only from writing movies that we've grown up with and have become iconic of this franchise, but to write a video game that very much plays out like the script of a third movie. Interaction between characters is genuine, events are fantastic, and you can really tell that they put their heart and soul into this. This feels very much like a movie more so than a game, but by all means, it is still a game. And the work that they have put into it, the care and the love that this franchise has received, has earned this script with genuine interaction between characters, with actors that bring these words to such life, with such character and such animation, Ghostbusters goes far and beyond what we would normally expect for any game in the last 10 years as far as a script goes. As a runner-up, we're going to go ahead and choose Batman Arkham Asylum. And the reason for this is very much the same reason that Ghostbusters wins the gold medal. Batman Arkham Asylum was written by, you guessed it, the original editor of the animated series, as well as a guy who has written many, many Batman comics. So he has a unique understanding of the environment and the world that, that is Batman. The interaction between the original voice actors from the animated series that are brought back in to do the voice acting for the video game is fantastic. The characterization of the Joker and the Batman, as well as all the various villains and NPC heroes throughout the entire game, is phenomenal. However, it does fall slightly short of Ghostbusters in that feeling, but still a fantastic game and script all around. For best gameplay of the decade, one must ask themselves, how will you gauge best gameplay? Is it strictly how the game plays itself, the content of the game, the interface, or how you can easily you can bypass an interface and immerse yourself in the game? I'm going to choose all of that. And one game in all those categories excels above everything else that I have played in the last 10 years. Hands down, this award will go to Diablo 2, a game that revolutionized the isometric top-down adventure. A very simple interface, point-and-click fantastic interface, I must say. A world that is rich with lore, visuals that are amazing, and a game that many of us spent countless hours playing with our friends over the internet, or just simply soloing ourselves. I don't know a single person who did not like this game. Best gameplay of the decade, hands down, goes to Diablo 2. Best art style of the decade. Again, this is a very difficult category. How does one judge it? Is it simply visuals, or is it the entire director, artistic directing style of the entire game? I'm going to go with artistic directing style of the entire game. That's what art style is to me. And this is a two-way tie. Now, these are games that were back in the day on the PlayStation 2. You may remember them, you may not, and if you don't, by all means, pick them up or at least watch the videos on YouTube. This is going to go to Ico and Shadow of the Colossus in a very tight tie. These games brought rich environments, 
backgrounds that felt more like canvases that were painted specifically for the gamers in a world rich with light and shadow and use of that light and shadow that really made the player either feel isolated and small or grand in the scheme of things. No two games have really done so since until our runner-up. Our runner-up for this category follows the, the artistic style very closely of Ico and Shadow of the Colossus. This is going to go ahead and I'm going to go and say that the runner-up is Legend of Zelda The Twilight Princess. If you go back and you look at Ico and you look at Shadow of the Colossus, and you look at Legend of Zelda The Twilight Princess, you can't tell me that the games are not done in the same vein. And the gap between them from the creation of these games is very large, and to see the same use of mood lighting and fantastic brush strokes, environments rich and full, that is fantastic. So again, best art style of the decade, a tie between Ico and Shadow of the Colossus, with the runner-up silver medal going to Legend of Zelda, The Twilight Princess. Along that same vein, we're going to talk about the best graphics. Now, the best graphics of a game, obviously, things have changed over time. Technology has improved, and games have gone a long way from the year, well, 2000 to now. But I have to give this to Shadow of the Colossus. For its time and for the limitation of the hardware, Shadow of the Colossus really pushed the envelope. Very few games stand out as so gorgeously composed and with such great use of the mechanics. Now, sure, you can say that now you can pop in Uncharted 2 and have a phenomenal, visually stunning game. And that's fine and dandy, but they're making use of new technology. But still, in the last decade, Shadow of the Colossus really set the bar for games past it in order to just really blow a player's mind with what you can do with graphics. The game itself made you feel everything from adventurous to, to just small and insignificant and isolated. It did a fantastic job with this through its use of graphics. You really are immersed in the world. You feel very much a part of it. And for its time and for the last decade, I think that games since it have done nothing but imitate it. So for the best graphics of the decade, Shadow of the Colossus, hands down. We're also going to mention here that the is a category for best action adventure of the decade. Well, video gaming is a lot about action and a whole lot about adventure. So how does one really pick a best game in the entire decade? for action-adventure. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and give this award to The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Now you might ask yourself, why am I giving it to such an old game? Well, first of all, this game was revolutionary for its time. Not only was Link a hero going to save the entire world, a world wrought with peril, but it was also forcing a character to deal with personal, political, and emotional trauma depressed characters, people wanting to kill themselves, things like that. It was a very dark and brooding game, and for its time, that was pretty unheard of, especially in a Zelda series. Now, thrusting Link to save the world from Ganon, sure, you can always do that. But the, the social aspects of the game that really were forced and thrust upon the main character in Legend of Zelda, Majora's Mask, really set it in my mind as a game that stands out as far as its action and adventure sequences of the decade. I mean, really, if you think back on it, what game comes close to that? And any game that does come close, if you can think of one, how does it compare to that? 
Legend of Zelda forced players to deal with things before they had never ever done. Well, that's what makes that the one best action adventure of the decade to me. The best RPG of the decade. Well, everybody out there I'm sure is expecting me to say Dragon Age Origins. Well, I'm not going to, and there's a reason I'm not going to. It is going to a Bioware title, however. I'm going to go ahead and give best RPG of the decade, and I'm going to cheat here a little bit, to Baldur's Gate. Now, I know that Baldur's Gate was released in 1999, but it really didn't get push or press until the year 2000. This was when the sequel, Baldur's Gate 2 Shadows of Am, were released. Now, all the games that have come since, all the RPGs that Bioware has put out, really couldn't have made, been made possible without the success of Baldur's Gate. The game was rich, the story was fantastic, and even though it was set in a D&D environment in the world of Faerun, it was just phenomenal. The choices, the character customization, all the things that you can do to control your party and change the outcome of the fight, blew me away. And I remember opening up the game for the first time and just giggling like a schoolgirl with how fantastic my choices were. And when I got to see Minsk for the first time, and the first time he said, Squeaky Wheel gets the kick, as well as the various other things involving Boo, his little gerbil companion, made this game a fantastic RPG. And it's one that to this day I still play. But if I look back and follow the line, all the other Bioware RPGs, to me, really start with this series. So hands down, the best RPG of the decade goes to Bioware's Baldur's Gate series. Now, special mentions also go to Bioware, who seem to be really blowing away the RPG category. A two-way tie for runner-up is going to go to Knights of the Old Republic, again, a fantastic Bioware series that many of us have played absolutely to death, and Dragon Age Origins, which shows to us that the RPG, the single-player RPG, is not dead but alive and kicking. These are what make RPGs fantastic in Bioware. Guys, you bat this one out of the park, keep doing it. And the minute you bring me back something like Dragon's Age Origins, which makes me immediately want to install Baldur's Gate, you've done something right. The last category I'm going to talk about this year is I'm going to go with the most original game of the decade. Now this is a very important category because with gaming being such a, a large and influential market in the creativity scheme of things, how does one really gauge what the most original game is? Do you base it on intellectual property, characters, gameplay, and story? I'm going to go ahead and say that this goes to somebody who thought outside of the box. It's the most original game of the decade. I'm going to go ahead and give this one to Tim Schafer. Tim Schafer has brought us various games with Double Fine, ranging from everything to we know of current Brutal Legend, to the game that I will actually name as most original game of the decade, Psychonauts. Psychonauts combines traditional console platform elements with a kind of strong storytelling, humor, and dialogue that you find in adventure games. It's a fantastic game. It really just it blends different genres together to create such an amazing game that honestly most people didn't play they didn't know about it you go to a, uh, a psychic summer camp and remote US government training facility uh, that's supposed to be a children's camp and 
you get to learn how to be a essentially a psychic agent and you get to raise powers everything from telekinesis levitation invisibility pyrokinesis clairvoyance uh, psychic shields psychic blasts mind confusions and everything else combine that with elements of adventure and, and interaction between its characters and very tongue-in-cheek humor very unique to tim schaefer as well as just fantastic platformer gameplay that makes use of all of the powers and you have a game that is arguably the greatest original game of the decade its art style its story its gameplay everything about it is fantastic and Psychonauts stands out in my mind as probably the most original game that anybody has ever had the good grace to play in the last decade so that's my highlights for the last decade, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that we see more of this in the future, and I look forward to speaking to each and every one of you again in the new year. So hope the last decade has been fantastic, and let's hope for another 10 fantastic more years of gaming. Happy New Year, everybody. Okay, let's just go then with your favorite. Um, what do you play more of? RPGs, FPS, MMOs? What um, do you... RPGs. You play more? Okay, well then, yeah. what's your best pick then as best RPG for the decade? Um, Again, it's a long time. Fuck. It has maybe the Baldur's Gate series because I think that was the one that really kind of got me into like, the Forgotten Realms. But are you oh, like, are you talking about the first one or the second one? Because the first both. one didn't come out this decade, only the second one. Oh, well, second well, one, second one. And what else? Did, like, what other ones in the past decade have you actually played through that had an impact? Then, um, like, did you I, play any of the Bethesda games? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I've got, I've got the, I got like Morrowind for the add-ons. And Oblivion with all the add-ons. I didn't like Oblivion because I thought it was too easy in the sense of traveling. It was just kind of like, but like with Morrowind, it was basically like, um, right, you're going to go to this cave. You got to go left here, go to this city, take a right, go straightly up till you see a little cross. When you see the cross, you take a. 20 degrees to the right, you know, it was <laughs> actual, like, right, you're going to go to this place, we're not telling you. I was about to fucking punch the PC to find a stupid wee cave with all these wee creatures in it. <laughs> I, I really, I actually preferred, um... A lot of Morrowind over Oblivion. I actually did still really like Oblivion. There was a lot of things that I did like about it. I didn't like the main the main quest line, however. I found the main quest line was way yeah. too easy. You get rid of the main quest line very early on, and then all the game is is all the, the, the secondary quest lines. But yeah. I found those to be absolutely fantastic in Oblivion. Yeah. The thing is, it didn't make you feel like you were the main hero in the sense like in Oblivion you're like oh you're a guy helping somebody who could save the day but in like a Morrowind you were you were the man you you're the one who had to uh, go and do this go and do that you know 
yeah. think it was better because it was there were more factions to join in Morrowind. You could easily get lost, um, but you know, I felt it was more superior. But then when you get the Oblivion and you got the same character, you know, like a guy who's probably let's say an NPC who's black who had the same voice as a white guy, took them in it away for you, you know, and it's just like, you know, this doesn't feel good. And the easy, the worst thing I think it was, was the easy travel. It was just, that just, uh, it was helpful, but it Ooh. was, destroys it. Yeah, well, one of the other things that I really, I did not like about Oblivion, see, I played the shit out of Morrowind. Man, I love Morrowind, and so did my wife. One of the few games that she actually finished, and uh, and so we were really heavy into Morrowind. What I liked about Morrowind is, if I'm in a house somewhere, and I kill some dude, and like the blinds are all closed, the door's closed, and I kill him, I get away with it. That's it. I don't have to worry about some guard barging through the house because because of what he has ESP or something like it yeah. <laughs> with oblivion you kill somebody all of a sudden they come through the doors well how the hell did they know I killed them and yeah. I really found that took a lot away from the game um, whether it was because you were killing somebody or like if you were stealing stuff too like I liked mm-hmm. in Morrowind that I could be a thieving bastard steal as much as I can as long as nobody could see me I was fine and I liked that you could get your own house in Morrowind just by killing some yeah. dude I like that house it's mine now guess what buddy you either run for your life or you die but you can't do that in, Mor- in uh, Oblivion and that really pissed me off. I hated the way where, like, if you're like, if you're talking to somebody, like, I say, I'm on top of a, a bed or something like that, and I rob somebody, and they come in and it just stops and freezes on their faces. It's like, no, that's just fuck. No, time doesn't stop if I'm robbing things, you know. Get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> but again, going back to your choice, and your choice would have been Baldur's Gate 2 as the best RPG of the decade. I'd say it'd be the best due to the characters because I fucking, to this day, I can still remember half the, what, Minsk, Minsk, uh, Minsk says, you know, if you click on him, I think he's probably one of the best characters of all time. And you actually preferred it over Planescape because last time we were talking, you were saying that Planescape Torment was one of your favorites. And that actually came out, I believe, in 2000, so it would be within the decade. Well, I mean, the thing with me is I don't I might like get a game and I might play it to death and I get bored with it I liked Planescape Torment because at the time you know we had like Baldur's Gate and all that coming out and Icewind Dale running about that time and it was this kind of same old same like you know well like Icewind Dale was different because it was just a typical dungeon crawl not a really good story and um, Baldur's Gate was like or there is a bad guy, I must, uh, my life's turned upside down, let's go and kill, let's go and get, let's save the world, it was basically, the story for Planscape was different the way it was like, who the fuck am I, what's my name, what's the matter with my, you know what's the matter with me, it was different, a daylighty game, but not to the point where like, I'm jacking all over the fucking covers, you know? All right. On that note, then, I'm going to let you go. Thanks for calling in, man. I appreciate it. No, no worries. I mean, you can phone me. I don't know if I'll be on all day. Hopefully not. But if you want any more, just give a call and I'll be ready, right? Will do. All right. Thanks, man. Take care. See you there.
Pick one woman. I You're on the spot. <laughs> favorite character? All right. So favorite character, which would be yours then? Uh, I mentioned it in chat the other night, but uh, Etna from Disgaea would have to be my favorite. <laughs> yeah? Why is that? She's just a really cool character, and I'm a huge Disgaea fan. It's not a insanely popular game, but it's probably one of my favorite, if not favorite, mostly because of the story and the characters. And I don't know, Etna's just like this little badass demon, and <laughs> I think she's adorable. I've actually thought about picking up the game over and over and over again, and I actually never <laughs> have. Oh, and man. It, it's on my list. It's it's one of those. There, there's a lot of games on my list. You got to believe me. Um, what is it about the game that really draws you in, though? Um, it's the mostly the story and the setting. Like the main character is an anti-hero, and he's you know he starts off as a really really mean guy, and uh, well, all the characters are sort of mean because they're demons and they're badass and. <laughs> They like zombies and stuff. And what are you playing the game on right now? Um, the Sky One is on the PS2 and it's also on the DS. But yeah, yeah there's a second and third one as well. The third one's on the PS3. Yeah, because I saw that, but I did see the DS one. How is the DS one? Mm -hmm. Have you played that one? Oh yeah, I play that. That's what I play now because I don't have the PS2 at the moment. But it's really good. It's the same exact game. Except you get, like, there are a few extra things. You get uh, an extra character, who I love, who is one of my other favorite characters, but she's not really a game character. So you haven't tried out the third one that's on the PS3, then? Oh, no, I have, and I, I've played it a lot. That's uh, Compared to the first one, the, the play style is much, much better, but the story isn't as good. Oh, really? But much, the third one is much better than the second one, though. <laughs> right, but you still think that the first one has a better storyline, actually, than the third? Oh, yeah. yeah. Huh, well, that's interesting. So what would you give as a runner-up, then? Uh, for favorite character, would be... <sighs> Travis Touchdown. <laughs> From No More Heroes, because I really like him as well, and... <laughs> It's hard, though, to think that far back, isn't it, though? To try to refine it over a decade. And you play a shit ton of games. I have a really hard time remembering uh, all the games I play. <laughs> Which is why I probably won't be able to answer most of these questions for well, favorite. No, no, I wasn't looking for, for you to answer all of them. For what I'm doing, again, is I'm taking calls for people pick one category, and then we'll go <laughs> with that. So, so you're good. You've done your job. Okay. So... At, in games lately, what have been some of your favorite characters in, in most recent games? Uh, well, No More Heroes is, you know, pretty recent. <laughs> uh, but well, wait, Hold on, when did No More Heroes come out? Um, I thought that was still a couple of years old. Like two, maybe? That's not recent. Oh, it's sort of recent. I'm looking Let's it up. See. This is me looking it up. Looking it up too. I will beat you. Um, <laughs> 2008. 
Son of a bitch. It is, yeah. I guess. Okay. And then I, a new the, one's coming up. As well. yeah, yeah, yeah. I read about that. I see. I didn't yeah, play that one. Okay. I, I really don't play a lot of Wii games anymore. It, I found it very this is, disappointing. This is my favorite Wii game because it's so different from like, you know, playing tennis. Because you get to wield <laughs> a, a lightsaber katana, which are you know two of the most amazing weapons combined into one. <laughs> Very true, very true. All right, I will let you go with that then. Thank you very much for your input. I love it. Mm-hmm. All right, take care, honey. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, we've got Medros from All Things Azeroth on the show here, and he's going to give his pick for best moment in gaming over the decade, which, as we were just saying, like a, a decade is a bloody long time. It's kind of hard to pinpoint a moment, isn't it? It is. Um Ten, 10 years is a long time to try and think back. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I'm not sure I can think back an entire decade. Well, <laughs> but th- uh, the good thing is, is all my moments are within the last five years, so it's much easier to manage. Well, you you are primarily a WoW player, so and Indeed. that takes up all of your time pretty much, I would assume. Well, between doing a podcast, trying to play the game, and you know, actually trying to make a living, yeah, that's pretty much the only game I have time for. Yeah, so then what would be one of your favorite moments over the past decade then? I would say getting into into Azeroth for the first time um, back September of 2004 uh, in the stress test. Um, I had played Warcraft, the games itself, many times before, um, and I loved them. They were very, very intense. They were very entertaining. The stories were very engaging and very, um, very much, you know, very much caught my eye um you know most games have just a oh this person took this thing and go get it kind of thing but the stories in world of warcraft were um were much much better than that they were much deeper than that and i loved that um and getting into world of warcraft for the first time i just was blown away the the look was great i mean it wasn't it was a very unfinished world at the time because you know hunters and paladins i mean most of the classes actually didn't even have talents at the time um halfway through the stress test most of the classes got talents but paladins and hunters did not get their talents um but just seeing it for the first time just getting into the game making my character and experiencing that that first content um you know i i didn't know then where that where that experience would lead. I didn't know then that it would, <clears throat> that it would lead to this podcast and, and being playing for five years now. Um, definitely worth the time though. I, I loved it. Um, and, and five years later, I'm still here. So, yeah, I remember playing in the beta as well when it had come out and it was interesting because there had been so much hype about the game beforehand and you had the people that were in the camp saying that it was going to be the, the, the game to be playing. And then at the same time, EQ2 was coming out. I don't know if you remember that. And then everybody was saying, well, no, it's going to be EQ2. And I remember arguing with very good friends and for the longest time thinking that actually EQ2 probably would be the better one to play simply because it had that footing of that 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 history of the first EQ whereas Warcraft was just wow was going yeah it was relying on Warcraft but an RTS is way different than an MMO yeah. and then I remember getting into the beta 
of WoW and thinking, yeah, no, it's pretty obvious which one is going to be the clear winner here. And even though the classes were, like, you're talking about the talent trees, like, it was just, it was also like the classes were so imbalanced, it was unbelievable. And, uh, but there were, it, you could still tell how fun it was. And yeah, that, that, yeah. that exploration of finding everything for the first time, you, you really couldn't beat it in that game. It was just an absolute blast. And I'm, and I'm looking forward to Cataclysm um, kind of bringing that back a little bit because, again, this is almost entirely new world for all of us where we now have to re-explore everything because a lot of stuff will be changing. Are I'm you looking actually, forward to that. Yeah, no kidding, yeah. Are you actually making a point of going and doing everything one last time kind of thing? Not everything, but a whole bunch of things one last time before it's gone? Well, I am leveling a priest right now. Uh, the priest is level 25 right now. So I, I am going through that. I hadn't intended to. I've, this priest has been around since before Cataclysm was was uh, announced. Um, but I've done everything so many times that really there is no need for a one last time. I remember, I remember <laughs> it so well. <laughs> That's what you get for being an altaholic, though. Indeed. All right. Well, thanks for calling, buddy. And the best to you this new year. The best to you and the best to your uh, for the lore audience, and yeah. uh, I hope everything I hope everything comes your way in in your games, whatever whatever game name that may be. Cool. All right, take it easy, man. Take care. Okay, we've got Ginny on the line here. You know her as I'm a Moonkin on Twitter, and you can find her at. Uh Magical Melon Ball on DeviantArt if you want to see her artwork. I use a lot of her artwork in terms of the logos for the show, so you've already seen what you can do. And quite frankly, Joe can't stop raving about the shaman you did for him, which looked <laughs> absolutely fantastic. So thanks for coming on the show, and you were going to talk about your choices for RPG of the decade. Yeah. Well, shoot, what do you think then? I'm going to be completely biased, and I'm going to say uh, World of Warcraft, because... No. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I I never really RPG'd on any RPG. I, you can call Final Fantasy an RPG, but I've never personally role-played on it. And that's how my feelings towards it. But you are actually doing a lot more role-playing when you're playing WoW? Yep. Uh, Gracier from uh, For the Lore introduced me to actually role-playing on the game. I mean, people have done it before, I just never really attempted at it. And... I started doing it, and now suddenly I'm addicted to it. Right. Actually, you mean from uh, Lore Crafted, not for the lore. Oh, <laughs> Don't worry about it. Let's edit this out. I'm, I'm honored. Probably Christ, I'd kill to have him on, on the <laughs> site. Yeah, well, if you're going to learn from someone, Jesus, you pick someone great to learn from. Yeah, he really helped me out. And I, I don't know, they say I've inspired them to do some other things, so I'm feeling all giddy when I'm around them. Well, that's fantastic. So, how long have you actually been playing WoW? Gosh, November 2005. So, you've been at it for quite a while. You've Have you done a lot of realm bouncing around, or have you pretty much stuck to a couple of main characters? Uh, well, no, I've done a lot of realm bouncing, just to find a good server for me. Uh, when I started, my character was originally named Layla on um, Boulderfist, which was a PvP server. And I had joined only because a friend of mine said, let's do alliance on the server, dur. And he ended up being a jerk at the end, and so I was stuck on a PvP server with no one to play with. And ended up, I originally created my druid 
because, uh, and I quote, oh, wow, she's pretty and I can turn into animals. Let's do this. <laughs> so, now, yeah. <laughs> you've actually been fairly inspired f f by the game as well with all of the artwork that you're doing. Are you finding that it is one of the most inspiring games for you in terms of doing all the fan art? Definitely. Um, I've always... I played Kingdom Hearts before, of course, and I really liked it as far as, oh my god, Disney and Japan stuff, awesome. But, you know, I used to hate World of Warcraft because the same friend who got me into it used to play it all the time and would never hang out with me. So I hated it. And then I finally started playing it and all of a sudden, oh my god, these characters are pretty. Look at this magic. Look at this armor. I want to draw it. And that's where I am today. Right, and you're actually making quite a decent uh, uh, name for yourself as well in terms of doing commissions for a whole bunch of different people now. Are you finding that it's picking up a lot more as more people are hearing about you from, well, we've been advertising you as, as Joe as well. Oh, yeah. It just started picking up. I think the moment I met Richard and you guys, uh, I didn't have anything going on before that. Well, that's excellent. Well, you do do fantastic work. I will let you get back to your game. As you were saying, you're actually in-game at the moment. That's how good you like it, how much you like the game. You cannot put it down for a moment. So thanks yeah. for calling in for your pick. I do appreciate it. No problem. All right, take care. Mm -hmm. Bye. So this is... Who are you? Hello, I'm Tristan. And you are... Big eyes. You're wondering what I mean. <laughs> You're whose kid? Yours. That's right. That's right. You should be proud of that. You yeah. should be like, that dude, that's my dad. He's yep. too damn cool is what he is. So if you don't say With damn. With your fancy hat. That's your true. cool sunglasses. That's right. That's right. Not everybody yeah. can pull off that look. Nope. <laughs> so we are talking about, with you, favorite first-person shooters. And about the ones that you've played over the last decade. Which, I mean, for you is... I mean, from age two on. Of course, you started gaming pretty young. Do you remember playing Half-Life 2 with me when we were playing death matches and stuff like that? Yeah, that was awesome. And then you played Halo, and you played Team Fortress 2, and you played... Watched you play Bioshock, a little bit of Fallout, and some... Left 4 Dead. Left 4 Dead and Borderlands, which are really cool games, too. Yeah. So some of the games you can't play because of the yeah. content that's in it. That one. I won't let you yet, but soon enough. But of the ones that you've played, what is what's your favorite? Um, I have two big favorite that I've played for a first-person shooter. It's Halo Three and TF Two, Team <laughs> Fortress Two. Now you played all of the Halos. Yeah. And you actually you finished every single one of them, right? Yeah, I beat all three. You beat all three. And Halo 3, you're actually playing it still, and you've been playing it over the last couple of days, collecting all the skulls. Yeah, the golden skulls are really cool because it makes the game harder. Doesn't really sound cool, but it is. My favorite skull is a silver skull called Grunt Birthday Party. It sounds kind of weird, but whenever you headshot a little grunt, confetti pops out of its head, and you hear, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> like all around you. Oh, that's cool. And and TF2 you've played actually quite a bit as well, and you've unlocked a lot of the the extra weapons and stuff too. My 
one of my favorite things of TF2 too is unlocking stuff. Because in the starting though, it was really cool because you have to finish accomplishments. Like, what do you call them? Achievements? Yeah. You have to finish achievements to get them. So, you try really hard and finally after you finish enough of them, you hear like, and you look over and it says, your character has earned this gun or thing. It's awesome. But now it's all random. Yeah, it's just random. But that's cool too because you'll be like walking around and suddenly it's like, ping, you've earned the shotgun. But you didn't really earn it because it just kind of showed up all of a sudden. At least the other way you worked at it and you tried hard. Yeah, and then you have the feeling of accomplishment. (laughs) But again, so your favorite though is... Is Halo or Team Fortress 2? I think I like Halo more because you just keep on trying to. But one of the things is you have to find skulls. And I've been trying so hard. And the you get different sets of armor. So one second you could be walking around with just like the normal Spartan. Then you could be walking around with like a flaming helmet and missile launcher and and pink outfit i don't like pink (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks kiddo yeah see ya all right okay i've got with me terry whom you would recognize from uh, a few of the wow dogs that he did with me as well as a feature for the uh for the lore when we had some in-game on uh, borderlands and we were talking about uh, first person shooters which is primarily what you've played so over the decade what would you pick as your favorite first person shooter favorite oh yeah. oh by the way uh, thanks for forgetting about my birthday I just said happy birthday before I've got it. Fuck you. But I'm going to be putting this in the outtakes where it says happy birthday. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, by the way. Thanks, dude. You just pissed off because I didn't get you anything. Fair enough. All right. Um, overall, I mean, I, I think there's a few that were, you know, standouts for the time that they were released. I mean, the first one, I mean, you know, everybody started off with regular old Doom, but I don't think I really got into it and had a lot of fun with it until Duke Nukem 3D. Um, Basically, uh, I was still on a dial-up modem and had a two-speed CD burner back at that time. Um, But we were able to uh, connect together with something called Kali, um, which was... Basically, I guess, kind of like, uh, kind of like Steam or some kind of online system where you connect through the modem and you connect to your closest Kali server and you could play Duke Nukem 3D with uh, up to 16 people. So that was a All lot right, but of that's fun. Like, that's like 96. We're talking this decade. That's well, I have a problem with the numbers. This okay, decade. This, this decade. I would have to say. Well, I really enjoyed both Soldier of Fortunes. I think those were were definitely ahead of their times uh, uh, with respect to graphics. I mean, that was really one of the first ones that had a a really great headshot graphic where, you know, you'd shoot the guy in the head and (laughs) you could tell you shot him in the head. Um, (laughs) That one was really good. Um, Although it wasn't very long, uh, Fear was really good um, mostly with the aspect of the AI being uh, leaps and bounds above everything else I mean it would be 
slightly different every time depending on on where were you you were running around it wasn't just like okay enemy crouches behind a barrel enemy pokes his head up enemy repeats sequence um these guys would actually you know take different routes to get to you and uh sometimes they'd sit around and wait a while sometimes they'd just rush you so uh, I found that one to be very challenging. I was really, really disappointed with the fact that it was uh, such a short game. Uh, if you're if you're playing just like the campaign version as a as a first player, um, I'd probably have to say though overall I'd have to say the Battlefield series. Um, that's one of the ones where I own every single version of Battlefield, right from Battlefield 1942. Vietnam, Battlefield 2, Battlefield 2142, all of the add-on packs. Um, that was the thing that I used to look forward to and, you know, go out and buy a new uh, a joystick just to play those games. And, oh, better get a new monitor. Battlefield's coming out. So, <laughs> um, I mean, just in, in the mechanics and the sheer size of the maps and being able to either blow up or jump in and drive just about anything um i don't think you can beat it and you know i mean the, the online experience was great you didn't have to pay a an extra fee to play online like you do for for some of these games and uh you know i still go back and play with it as a matter of fact uh one of my best friends and yes you're, you're nowhere near my best friend um <clears throat> he that, gave me a copy my feeling <laughs> I, I figured it would yes. uh he gave me a, a copy that i i somehow left behind uh when we were roommates of uh battlefield vietnam which is uh one of the more fun ones i mean he was so good at, at driving uh some of these helicopters he would basically get in a huey i'd i'd get on the gun and he'd like drive it upside down under a bridge and it's almost like everybody else would just stop doing what they were doing and say hey look there's <laughs> there's a huey <laughs> flying upside down and i mean it it was the mechanics of the, flying the actual vehicles were were quite good i mean not all the helicopters responded the same some were really big and slow turning so you couldn't you know some people were good at one and 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 not at the other but i mean that one was really fun for small groups to play online i mean you had the bouncing betty booby traps or you had you could throw some TNT around and watch somebody walk into a hut and then, you know, you push down on the lever and goodbye, bad guy. Um, it, that one was really, really, really fun. And you could get back into the game uh, really, really quickly. So uh, I think Battlefield, I mean, I, I haven't played the last Battlefield, which is, uh, was it Bad Company 2? Or is that even out yet? Uh, no, 2 is not out yet, but the first one, obviously, yeah. Yeah, I haven't played Bad Company. Uh, just Bad Company is actually really good. Oh, you've tried yeah, it? Bad, yeah, I've got it on the 360. Like, when you're talking about uh, Battlefield Vietnam, like that came out in 2004. When you're looking at the competition that it had in 2004 for first-person shooters, you're looking at like Far Cry, which I know you played the hell out of. You got yes. Unreal Tournament 2004, which pioneer in terms of first-person shooters. Doom 3 was out at the same time. Um, there was a lot of Call of Duty uh, United Offensive was out. There was a lot of really strong first-person shooters that came out around that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I kind of kept going back to that one for for the online experience. I mean, when I wasn't doing that, I was doing Far Cry, just just the campaign mode. I never tried uh, any of the Far Cries online. I don't think it. I don't view it even really as as a as an online game. Um, Unreal Tournament. I mean, I, I appreciate what it's done for the whole genre, but 
I've never, ever, ever been a fan of Unreal Tournament. I don't know why. I think I, I, I was really into Counter-Strike at the time and had a buddy of mine who was into Unreal Tournament. And I, I he was more into the arcade type stuff and I was more into the, you know, the simulation where you have to be quiet and crouch around a corner and actually play strategy and just instead of just jumping into the arena and pew-pewing everything. So I, I really stayed away from, uh, from Unreal Tournament. And I know back in the day, I think, one of the first Unreal tournaments, uh, your your ping and, and your lag time could really make a difference in uh, in your play, which uh, kind of bothered me. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was a CS guy. All, some of my friends were Unreal tournament guys, and I just could not get into the the Unreal tournament series. the consequence if we don't sam this is what i want to know what in the world could you hold over us i know Bitch i works. never sent you any pictures i don't know i can't speak for, you know what? for other people but i never sent any naked pictures for you to hold over me no, and anyways I'd, I'd be proud of them i'd be like go for it dude <laughs> you post that shit online some people just suck Yes, uh, everybody in the audience, it is just uh, Rick and I because Joe is still not over his food poisoning, so not much we can do. Unless we set him up to broadcast from the crapper, which quite frankly, <laughs> you don't want to I'm all that. right with not doing <laughs> that. I, I'm all right with, yeah. <laughs> Christ. This is what I have to put up with, people. This is what I have to put up with. Dear Lord. Yeah, back. Oh, damn it. Sorry about that. Oh, oh what, what happened? Oh, no, we, we wanted you to be off longer. Oh, no. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> We're still <laughs> not broadcasting, but like, hold on a second. That was Ustream just kind of went and cut me off and then screwed everything up. It was like, son of a. He's working on it. He sounds angry. Okay, for the record. Oh, shit. Here we go. It was fact. not me. Okay, Ustream went, Zzzt, fuck you. What, you thought you were, like, recording here or shit? <laughs> no. So, I don't know if there's, like, some freaking Ustream Nazi bastard that doesn't like the show or something. Who knows? But it was not, in this case, it was not my recording app. It was not me. So, we still recorded Rick's lame choice. And uh, and you'll get to hear it when we actually play the podcast because we're not doing it again is what I'm getting at. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I cut it out. <laughs> kind of appropriate thing is what I was saying. <laughs> you should see the chat. Room. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was well done. More dots, more dots. <laughs> Many whelps, left side, handle it. Handle it. But <laughs> minus 15 DKP. <laughs>
Well, and to that I would have to say, is it any different than pretending you're a cow? Is it any different than pretending you're Dude, a space goat? my cow <laughs> rules. Take but that back now. These dudes can hear us. Well, one guy. I'm, I'm not comfortable, but it's all right. I don't care if you're comfortable. Oh, sorry, let me rephrase <laughs> it. You're doing it, and that's that. <laughs> no, I have I have the show notes here. Did, you know, according to this thing, it says intro bumper light chit-chat, not Rick start talking shit about the breaking news. That's after breaking news, Enrique. It's right after, dude. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's going to be very soon. You better have it, is all I'm saying. Mom, I got a podcast. Come and listen. You're so fucking drunk. It's like, you know, you could have had gangrene. Could have, like, it could have been worse, yeah. Fucking tsunami could have taken your house and the game away from you. Actually, that might have been better. Yes, it did. I'm showing censored, test, censor, censored. All that means is you got to be a lot more clever with your swearing. That's all that means. That's a challenge to you, Sammy. Impress the hell out of me. Insults with cheese. Bring it on. Come on. You cheesing bastard. Mother cheeser. Mother cheeser. <laughs> God. I'd cheese you up the ass if I had to. You know, I just might like it. And I suddenly feel like I need to bleach myself. Thanks. It's soft and bushy, <laughs> just like cheese. Oh, oh. Just for you, oh. baby. Come on, there's a line. I, I am, there I is am no line. So I dance upon your line. We got beavers. I trust, I know Beaver is all I'm saying, yeah. okay? <laughs> I've seen my share is all I'm saying, and it does not look like that. Man, I got a raid, man. Oh, that's a whole bunch of disturbing images. Christ, that with the cheese stock? Good lord. You're a minute late, you bastards. Coffee <laughs> <laughs> bastards. Start now. Dude, I'm getting paid in fucking insults and, and you know, like strife and angst. That's okay. I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll show, I'll show you. you. I'll show you. You can't play with my ball no more. <laughs> and it froze. That shit froze. No gold item. No gold item. I wanted my gold item. I wanted that shit. <laughs> I wanted it. It was wrong. It was mine and I should... Oh. oh uh, I was so mad. Big time. Big time. A big time. It was a fucked up. I'm sorry. It's a fucking hammer. I'm a goddamn <laughs> rune-slinging race. I live in a goddamn mountain, and my totem is a fucking hammer on a stick with, with feathers. Griffin feathers. Now the griffin feathers, I'm okay with. I'm okay with the griffin feathers. Where the fuck's my runes? Okay, I'm sorry. I shouldn't feel like I'm Captain <laughs> Hammer. I'm about to take my my enemy back to the hammer cave, and then beat them with my hammer. And yes, my hammer is my fucking totem. I'm sorry, Blizzard. You could do better. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Coming down from that. But I'm the only person in here, so hooray for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Kermy. It's Kermy. Oh, crap, there's people. <laughs> Congratulations, you officially suck at time. You know, if it's if all we're going to be talking about is short and fast, we can get uh, Misty on and she can bitch for a while, too. You know what? Screw you guys. I don't you know this podcast. Bullshit, man. I'd, if I was on the raft, afraid of getting eaten by a shark, let alone fucking getting knifed. Are you kidding me? You know? I had to compete with the Haitians. I got to go to a little Haitian boat and be like, hey, do you have any candy? No. How about any fresh water shade? For fuck's sakes. <laughs> he was probably driven over in a Cadillac. <laughs> Need to shower rising. 
So it always feels because we don't actually end the show really somewhat anticlimactic. I, I see. I know how Misty must feel every night. I just you know oh, what? Oh, you are such a oh, motherfucker. Oh, I oh my god, you're lucky. There's like thousands <laughs> of so we put a call out to see if anybody was able to pronounce three syllable words and that's about as high as he put the bar because that's rocket science and that, that gets difficult oh so you can double the joes tonight ha 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 that's a memory burned into my brain forever rick really does bring out our anger <laughs> i'm in charge of the buttons no the sword is not my penis <laughs> yes it is this is a father-son thing, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> We're supposed to be on the same realm having fun. And, and you basically uh, yelled across the house, I love you, son. Yeah, I, I love you. Stabity, stabity, stabity. I still love you. Stabity, stabity. He had a, he had a rogue following him around anywhere he went. Well, there was that, too. I mean, but that was just a small part. The, the <laughs> Blizzard was to blame. It wasn't me. If you look on your ceiling and you see a bunch of little bullshit glow-in-the-dark stars stuck up there somewhere around the 500,000 count, <laughs> If you plan on leaving that home, you take that shit down. Okay? I can almost play this thing on my alarm clock. And yeah, I think and the Monday morning, 2 a.m. was the last <laughs> build was live on Tuesday morning. Well, actually, yeah, because when I downloaded the review copy, it was literally the next day there was another build of the review copy, too. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm just pacing myself. I got an hour and a half. I don't want to blow everything in the first five minutes and then sit here like an idiot. I mean, that would be part hey, of my uh, role in this. That's, that's Rick's Friday night. <laughs> yeah, seriously, he's definitely he's definitely crawling up the right tree there. Oh, oh, dude, oh! You know, I missed you guys. I didn't think I would, but I did. Oh, how sweet. Jeez. And you're trying to teach, get him to teach Misty how to do that? Ooh. <laughs> he's going potty. Let's give him time. <laughs> he's going to be a long one. Either that or he's in the bathroom jacking off because it was that good an interview. Totally derails him. Totally derails him. I have no more drinky. I can't tolerate your voice anymore. Jason, you need a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's an audio podcast. It's kind of mandatory. <laughs> okay, Joe, can you read me in the audience? Can you can you read me? I, I, it's, I swear to God, I thought I heard Joe's knees hit the carpet. I I, th I thought for sure that it was just a, you know a regular Friday night for him, but I, I was yeah, almost it's a familiar sound. yeah. God, I hope my piece doesn't suck, man. You have no idea how much time I put into this fucking nine minute audio. Oh clip. yeah, because we've never done that. It's not like we record anything. We don't we don't get together once a week and record shit. That's yeah. I, but, but, I feel but you. Guys your, have I, done this. I can't appreciate what you're going through. Is what I'm getting at. Ah, fuck. Dude. You know, I get a pink vehicle just so that you're happy. Dude, if it could reach, I would never leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> and I sit there and I unload four fucking clips into the eye. Four. Four. I wasn't expecting a huge cinematic story. I wasn't expecting, you know, bells and whistles and, and hookers and and fireworks or anything like that. I was expecting, oh my god, I'm gonna get <laughs> I to was. see the fuck I'm gonna get to see the fucking vault. I'm gonna walk in and the game's gonna end. I'm gonna be really happy after a really epic fucking fight. Picture Diablo <laughs> if he didn't move. If he basically Threw some arms on the side once in a while, which really didn't do anything. Had a little kind of breath thing that he sprayed out. Tossed you ammo just for the hell of it. Because, I mean, why not? You're running out of ammo. 
I want to make this as easy as possible for you. Here's some more ammo. Take more. That's not enough. Here's more ammo. You're not going to run out of ammo. You bastard. You're going to kill me. And then you just basically kind of stand there and shoot the fucker in the mouth. That's the ending of Borderlands, folks. As epic as that may sound, it's not at all. I mean, really, that's it. Go suck him, Bloodwing, get him. And he doesn't drop any goddamn loot either. There's no good loot. Breaks like he's made of kindling. So I really am not impressed with that. So I'm thinking maybe another human but and a mage, but I'll make it like a blood mage. Just this crazy, insane. And take all the darkest choices as they come up and see how that progresses the story. And just make him as badass as... Like, to the point where, like, Morgan would look at him and say, dude, what you just there did there, like, that was wrong. That was... <laughs> I want him that bad. I got the, 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 the dude with the, the arms that kind of twist kind of thing and it's mechanical yeah, arms. Those yeah. are kind of cool. I will say that. Yeah, Although those, the freaking chicks really... with the freaking, like, all up and at him and the bras are kind of a little too high and it was like... A little more than I needed to see. I got to tell you, it wasn't right. I wasn't. I wasn't impressed. It's gonna be bad dreams about that. But <laughs> again, when we're looking, I'm serious, Joe. It was not cool. <laughs> I, I've, I've seen. I've seen the pictures from Kiki. I took screenshots because it was like, oh no, no, that's not right. You can't do that in the game. <laughs> there are people who get bad dreams from shit like this. I'm one of them. <laughs> Dude. Hooks. Hoogs. Hoogs. Sorry, Hoogs. You magnificent little fucker. I, we know how well, you don't perform some... well under pressure. Under pressure. At oh. least that's what I heard from Mystic. <laughs> well, we're clever. We're, we're still we're still continuing on the, the penis choke. All right. I have, you know, making fun of my cock. Go on. Go no, ahead. not so much that, that, but as your your performance. Is, they're, they're completely different. Hi, this is RST Video Calling, customer number 4352. I'd like to place an order. Okay, I need one of one each of the following tapes. Whispers in the wind, to each his own, put it where it doesn't belong, my pipes need cleaning, all tit fucking volume eight, I need your cock, <laughs> ass worshipping rim jobbers, my cunt and eight shafts, come clean, come gargling naked sluts, come buns three, coming in socks, come on Eileen, huge back. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 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 no, I gotta finish it, right? <laughs> Stop laughing, you fucking bastards. Huge black cock, pearly white cum, girls who crave cock, girls who crave cunt, metalone 2, the KY connection, pink pussy lips, oh yeah, and uh, all holes filled with hard cock. Yep. Oh, wait a minute, uh, what was that called again? <laughs> I got, I got one of them squealing and the other one's like crazy. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you people? I realize your guy shows for the lore, which seems like it actually for the lore, and it almost works. The little communicator. Which every time I play, if we're on vent, I'm gonna have my little communicator on, and I'm gonna be like beep, and then I'm gonna say what I have to say, and then beep every freaking time, beep. I don't care if it makes a sound or not. I'll be making the beeps out because it's just too cool. With blue phaser laser pew, pew, things, 
It's kind of cool. Hey, fuck you guys, right? <laughs> Two year old's vocabulary is expanding like you wouldn't believe, brother. Both of you, useless piece of wave crap and shit is what you two are. Fucking prissy Frenchman. All I heard was Roger blah blah blah, salty drinks. Hoogs, why do you even come here? Seriously, why do you even come? I love Hoogs. Hoogs is the best, man. Guys, hustle. Hoogs is my boy. You have no clue. Freaking asshole with a brogue. That's all he is. <laughs> oh, look. Joseph Perez. You get to be my buddy. Do I really care about a woman licking a Twinkie? No. Okay, I'm sorry. Fuck you. Fuck you with my kindness. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry for being nice. <laughs> <laughs> I just got the worst fucking method. Are you goddamn serious? It's funny because you're making fun of my boys and able to scream, and I'm fucking Cuban. You know, that, Kiki, I want you to draw a picture of that. I want a picture of Rick Seaman with little water wings on it. You fucking bobblehead. The, Fuck you and your fire penis, man. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> that flew over my head so fast, but I feel so dirty just listening to you say it. It's like, oh, God. Jesus, God I'm with what? Because it's not with who? <laughs> the cat? <laughs> Start hearing me in the back. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was, that was a tree incident. Yeah, the yeah. cat in the tree. Yeah. Leave it alone! <laughs> not again. Not again, man. <laughs> not again. That's what the cat's thinking. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> 